ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, aliens of all shapes, sizes, colors, ages, and those visiting from the shadow realm that wish to listen to our podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of the internet's most hated mafia-themed geek podcast, Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It is I, the one, the only Reverend Godfather, a.k.a. the Martinsburg Madman, a.k.a. This show's frontman and main host. As stated and promised this past Monday, here is the main episode of the week, and it will be starring myself, the Reverend Godfather, and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, fighting our way through a few technical difficulties because the used computer that I picked up a little more than a year ago, uh, or say almost a year ago, is, well, trying to sabotage everything that we're trying to do, including our attempts to get back on schedule. So, uh, also, do not mind that little grinding you hear in the back. That is my little heater to help keep me warm in these cold, cold January days. But still, still, Me and Sasha managed to get together virtually this past Sunday for an extra long episode for all of you. But I still hope you're enjoying the Lost Media Mondays and the retrospectives that I need to do and put up for all of you in case of emergency if I have nothing really to talk to or I have a lot of stuff that I want to converse with Sasha about. Talking about Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself, we talked a little bit about locales, getting back, us meeting up or talking for the first time in a few weeks, Ghostbusters, uh, gaming, and a whole lot more. Uh, Please stick around for the rants, the raves, the the locales, if you will, and and me going on a tangent about... Awesome con. So either way, uh, stick around. Let's get right into it. Cut to the chase. You want to listen to this episode in its entirety. Please, you're going to miss out, including our Florida man or Florida woman tales and how California wants to take Florida's title this week. So feel free to give us a listen. But first, First, I have to tell George that he has a job to do, and that is, hey, George, hit the button and start the show. We'll be right back with more of the Long Coat Mafia podcast. Shock and terror with Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, and Chris, the Martinsburg Madman, in Sasha After Dark, the podcast of darkness. Reboot. So we'll start the way we normally do with um with uh, the Lumser. We can go into uh, nerd news, maybe some local cow roundup. Because like Chris apparently went to, I don't know what kind of convention it was, but got kicked out of it on the second day. Couldn't even get in on the third day. <laughs> trying to think which one it was. I think it was like an anime convention in their air er- in their area. 
I don't mind. Uh, I'm just getting everything set up for... Main topic, Ghostbusters, or what is it that we're really going to focus on today? I'm not sure. We uh, we haven't recorded anything for like two weeks, so... Ah, that's true. Hey, there's that. There's that. I'm pulling back up our chat. Yeah, I saw that uh, J. Michael Straczynski stuff, and I was like, oh, yeah, Chris will definitely have something to say on that. Yeah. uh, (laughs) The the adult Scooby-Doo. I never get a chance to meet uh, JMS in person, but, you know, he's done a lot of shit, and I'm a fan of him. Well, I'm sure we'll get it into uh, more later in regards to it, because... Uh, we we both are kind of excited for Ghostbusters, and there's a lot of news coming out of it. And I will say this: I I wouldn't say uh, I poked the bear, but uh, seeing the fact that our good friends and sponsors over at Dubby uh, <laughs> are coming out with a slime flavor um, drink. I'm like, I got to pick up a tub for when it comes out, <laughs> when Ghostbusters out. So, and they said it's like a, a green apple flavor. My guess is um, it's like a sa- um, sour apple type of deal. But. Right. That's pretty much what you know I, what? Uh, I, I wish for nostalgia's nostalgia's sake they would bring back the, the, the Hardy's promotion just for shits and giggles. I know there aren't many Hardys around anymore. Do you think there's one in your neck of the woods, isn't there? Uh not anymore. There was one in Inwood, but it closed down like before I moved from in, uh before I moved to Martinsburg from Inwood. Mm. It's sh- it shut itself down. There has one of the one ones the still there. And Hancock. There's a few. I think there might be one still in Hagerstown. I don't know. We got one in Chambersburg. But yeah, because I don't know if you remember the Ghostbusters 2 promotion or not. Because they had the little noisemakers that, you know, caused all kinds of problems. Because they were meant as an adult novelty. Because they were like the old school, like, sound makers. That made like the bomb sound, the machine gun sounds, and things of that nature. You know, like the little stress button thingies that just happened to have a Ghostbusters logo on it. Well, the back didn't screw down. So, like, if you gave it to kids, they could pop out the batteries and choke on them. Um, but they had, like, um, like collectible cups there back in the day for Ghostbusters 2. And they had the world's greatest, like, Sunday. And it had, like, a slime topping for the top of it that was, like, bubblegum flavored. And that was banging. Now, granted, it would probably drive your sugar up the wall today, but it was good. I tried to keep my sugar levels nice. I want to say they had that promo for, like, forever. I like the fact that somehow... Uh, this is, to, I know it's pre-show, so this is stuff that doesn't really matter. It's may, It may mm-hmm. not be, like, main show worthy, but uh, since it goes up on my end, relatively unedited, uh, 
the fact that this, granted, it's according to uh, Kotako, so take that as you will, everybody. Uh, before we get into everything, folks at home, if you like what you hear, uh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. I know it's this standard YouTube thing, but uh, you can subscribe to podcasts on your favorite apps. Uh, may we recommend Good Pods or Podbean, because that's the best way to contact at least me and thus uh, Sasha. And if you leave comments in the comment section below, we will get back to you and engage because we're going to have new uh, sections to the the podcast, and one of it is uh, listener interaction. So please interact with us, email us. At, um, all the links are in the description, and it help, it's one of the best ways to help the show out ever, ever. I know we have sponsors like Dubby, and we have a tip jar and everything else, and we had, I think me and Sasha both have Patreons, it, but mm. liking, commenting, sharing, and subscribing is the best way, and we, we will probably... Uh, I don't want to use it. Uh, we don't mean it in a romantic way, but we'll love you more uh, than, you know, those who give us a couple of bucks. But we will, for those who do give us a couple of bucks uh, uh, in our tips or our Patreon, we will shut you out on the show and everything else. So and if you go to my OnlyFans, me love you long time. <laughs> Chris is like, you're horrible. <laughs> well, there goes YouTube. <laughs> but that, but uh, I, I could go down that road. I, I, I could, uh, where uh, I'm going to get looks if Sasha had the camera on, I'd be getting looks where I by saying where Sasha would go sucky, sucky five dollars. I just lick, sorry, on the other end of the spectrum. But I like the movie. If you're too big, I don't yeah. discriminate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the other side, because I am on that the one's other free. Side. <laughs> because I am on on the other side of the spectrum, uh, I believe that uh, all cups matter, and A cups are just as good as D's. So, <laughs> but that's one person's. I know. How dare I? No, no, I'm an A cup, so it's okay. <laughs> I'm not offended. <laughs> We're not. We're not afraid of drama on this drama. This show, nah, <laughs> nah. It finds us. We don't find it. <laughs> uh, but in regards to the article, it's like when I start, I went really. They're still relevant, and it's uh, the title from Kotaku was "Game Shark Accidentally Leaks Switch 2's Release Date." I'm like, wait a minute, Game Shark is still a thing. <laughs> that was my aspect. Oh, oh, for what system? Because about... <laughs> like, they yeah. haven't had a Game Shark since GameCube. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like PS2 days, they had Game Sharks. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> when has this been relevant? Number one. Number two, are they making stuff with Xbox One, uh, Xbox, and PlayStation stuff? Because inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> well, I think it became a whole big legal issue around about the time with the. Uh... PS3 and things of that nature. That's why we didn't get any. Yeah. Like, and with the fact with consoles now updating exploits, and let's be honest, like, that's what 90% of those cheat devices did is that it tapped into the game's code using exploits. Kind of hard to create a system or to create a cheat device that allows you to exploit it if eventually there's a software update to the hardware that disables that exploit. It's kind of like um, when Mad Cats, God, that's going back here. Remember Mad Cats controllers? Oh, yeah, they God. were Bobos. 
they were bobo as fuck, but you could get one for like ten dollars. Yeah, um, you, you well, you had the good controller. You gave your friends, siblings, guests, you know, uh, the cheapo Mad Cats bullshit. Well, I I had a PS3 like Mad Cats controller that I actually liked, but it was one of those dongle jobs that you had to hook the dongle in through the USB, but it was still wireless. And it worked brilliantly because it was still, you know, Bluetooth, wireless, the whole nine yards. But like Sony did a massive update on the PS3. I think it was like right after they said no more Linux running on the PS3. And they got rid of, you know, they they updated their system to get rid of some of the first, uh, you know, what do they call it? The jail unlocks or the jail, whatever they call it, jailbroke, the jailbreaking stuff. And it disabled about like 90% of Mad Cat's controllers because they were using like external like USB ports to operate. And it's like, you motherfuckers, you know, <laughs> I want to use my $10 controller. I don't want to spend 50 bucks for another one. Or more, depending on where you got it. And yeah, because PS3 branded to, controllers again, were not cheap. Again, because it's we're, this is the folks, this is the hodgepodge section of uh, the show, if you will. I'm sure, Sasha, you've heard the um, the the news now. Uh, I think it was Best Best Buy got rid of their movie section. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah, so and so a lot of folks now. It's not just that now. Uh, Walmart said that they're um, coming out saying they're uh, getting rid of their uh, gaming session uh, section starting with Xbox, and so everything is going digital uh, in regards to it. And it's like what spearheaded that news, like games are going poof, is the fact that Ubisoft is saying mm-hmm. is pretty much saying. Oh, uh, you don't. Yeah, it's ours. We could do, in essence, we could do what we want. We're making stuff all digital. We don't have to do streaming or this, that, and the other thing. And the meme that purchase doesn't equate ownership. Ownership. Piracy is legal. Yeah, that's the meme. I was like, yeah, if piracy, uh, if buying it doesn't equate ownership, then (laughs) you know what? We're going to pirate the shit. And that's the thing, because I'm going to tell you right now, granted, a lot of the brick and mortar places are like, yeah, this is taking up too much space in electronics, even Target, I hate to say, I don't know when the last time you've been in a Target, but like, if you go in there to look for recent movies or recent video games, like the video games are easier to find because they have like your Nintendo, your Xbox and your PlayStation area. But, like, what they have is very limited, and, like, the movies are, like, hidden in the back, and, you know, they used to have, first it was, like, up in the main register was the new releases. Like, as soon as you went to the registers, there were your new releases for all the movies that had just came out. Or something like... And on, then they'd have like, another case. If if it was, like, a $5 or $7 sale or something like that, they'd have it up front, too. I remember that for Target. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they always had, like, a dedicated spot for where the new releases were. I just thought it was funny because, like, recently they changed it over to new releases of books. And I'm like, did we just step back in 40 years? What the hell's going on? And, like, I literally had to go behind, like, because they have a section just for books in Target. 
But back behind the books is where all the movies and stuff were. And hey, you like, got to figure really? that. Hey, hey. See, the, let's look at the project uh, progression here. First, <laughs> first they had like uh, DVDs and CDs in the front of the store. Now it's instead of CDs, oh. the the DVDs are now gone, gone. To and CDs are gone. What's now returning on shelves in a lot of uh, stores like Target and Walmart? Mm -hmm. Vinyl, vinyl. So we we went from from the nineties and early two Ks to the eighties. I know their CDs were in the eighties, but in a lot of places, uh, CDs didn't hit yet. Um, now they're moving that in essence, they're bringing back DVDs are disappearing and they're re <laughs> bringing back books. So Sasha's probably not wrong. We're going back 40, 40 years, but um, for the most but here's part, the thing I don't think like Target or Walmart realizes that like the online retailers who actually have warehouses upon warehouses upon warehouses of stock, they're going to take advantage of that. Because now people are going to be like, yo, I can't get my Arrow DVD from, um, you know, Best Buy or Target or Walmart. You know, like those really like niche collectors like our buddy Trevor and things of that nature. And they'll either yeah. go to that company's website directly for direct sales and they'll probably get it a hell of a lot cheaper. Or they'll go to somewhere like Amazon or Deep Discount. Um, which is wonderful for Blu-rays, DVDs, and video games. If you didn't know, check them out. Deep discount. But, on um, one, yeah. On, on one of the aspects of um, the solo ones, episodes I did for on the audio side of things. Yeah, and folks, I know I have episodes I need to drop on YouTube, and I haven't dropped anything for 2024. But still, I'm being lazy. Just as... Laziest. See, he's punishing himself yeah. as a way of punishing me indirectly. Right, <laughs> but uh, I spoke on like there's like now. Definitely must have stuff, had a Catholic background. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> on like the digital, you can't find Willow anymore. You can't find a lot of stuff uh, digitally anymore on some sites because they just remove them. Whether it be Amazon. Disney Plus, uh, Paramount, Max, whatever. Uh, you can't find there and are some of them. You got to worry about them editing them further than what right. they've already been edited. And, and like, folks, look at the Lilo and Lilo and Stitch problem. Right, I'm getting in that. Well, folks, check out the Mandela Effect episode I dropped uh, on the audio side, uh, because so and it brings up a wonderful, wonderful point because this came out. I said it on the. Uh, in that episode, that someone, because a lot of folks tote this aspect of the Mandela effect, uh, which is the a lot of people or folks like myself is the aspect of misremembering something. And someone on TikTok came out saying, Hey, I remember for Fruit of the Loom, Fruit of the Loom shirts having the cornucopia on the label as part of the logo. And it blew up on TikTok, and Fruit of the Loom came out with a timeline of all their logos. And she still said, you know, this is this is not right. Again, I'm remembering this. I have a bunch of shirts dating back to when I was a kid. Let me go check. She found a shirt, like I think at least one shirt 
with that logo on it, with the, the Fruit of the Loom logo with the cornucopia on it. And someone stitch it saying, see, that some people are not misremembering it. They are actually remembering it. And what is it? And they propose the question, what is the aspect or is that whether it be the Baron Scene or Baron Stain or Fruit of the Loon, uh, Looney Tunes or whatever, what if it's just corporations trying to gaslight people in regards to stuff? Like, and as you brought up with Lilo I, and Stitch, I, I how long is it love. going to be? How long is it going to be like 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road? And you're going to have our generation going, I remember when, you know, when in Lilo and Stitch, Lilo got into a dryer. And everybody's like, no, 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 you're just misremembering it. You know, it was never a dryer. She just went into like a a, a cabinet with a pizza box. You know, that's the, the whole aspect. What if it's that leading up to it, that later, years later, that it's gone? So it's just weird. But see, if I, if I was a movie studio, though, I, I would try to use that to my advantage. Like, let's say, you know, somebody decided to put out an alien movie. A new one. And, you know, now Disney owns everything. They could pull all, all your, the movies from the shelves. They could pull Prometheus and Covenant and Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection. Just pull them all from the shelf. So the only thing, too, that stands is Alien and Aliens. And just make another sequel to that and call it Alien 3. Just to fuck with people. You know? And then when people start, but there already wasn't it. And Disney just, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Here's our timeline. <laughs> <laughs> or even better i'll go one better what there is one movie that it would be perfect perfect for that one movie groundhog day nope yeah never <laughs> happened <laughs> never happened this is the first time we're releasing it it's been sitting on our shelves for years you've never seen it before because <laughs> Because, like, think about it this way. They've got movies that, like, Disney itself that practically exist, but as far as they're concerned, don't exist. Like, Something Wicked This Way Comes. I will not stop talking about that movie. That will be the <laughs> hill I die on is Something Wicked This Way Comes because it's not on Disney+. Plus. And it's so funny because, like, I can hop up on, like, somewhere, like, one of the discount sites I told you about and find that puppy in five seconds. But Disney don't acknowledge it. Other companies acknowledge it. It's just not there. It doesn't exist. I would love, love for, you know, them to do something like that with a movie and then just make a sequel and go, what, what are you talking about? There wasn't an Alien 3. <laughs> that That's one of the things. There wasn't I, already a Return to Oz. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of the things. I, I Even though I, folks, I agree with Sasha in regards to physical copies and all that fun shit. And it's. When it comes to, because I live in this something that's almost the equivalent of a tiny home, uh, space is very limited and digital is a wonderful, th can be a wonderful thing. How bad do you hate, uh, and I'm talking to corporations like Disney, like Warner Brothers, like Sony, how bad do you fucking hate money? By saying, you know what, we don't want to put this out on Voodoo or Amazon for people to buy. 
And it's like, well, yeah, yeah, granted, uh, Amazon, uh, Amazon and Voodoo need to get it, or movies anywhere needs to get a cut. But how bad do you need? How bad do you fucking hate money? In regards to this, and it's like, well, and like right, honestly, yeah, there's right issues digitizing the film, you know, and just putting it out there. That's it. And it's like, yeah, uh, look at dog. Let's say Dogma. Uh, Harvey Weinstein owns that film, the rights to that film. Yeah, he what he did was her- terrible, sick, twisted, the whole nine, nine yards. But motherfucker, you're in prison. Shit's fucking. You need to buy a commissary. Put Dogma online. Digitize that shit. Let the fans buy it. Granted. The money's going to him, but you'll have a lot of fans like, I'd rather have a complete set of Kevin Smith's work. Fuck Harvey Weinstein. And what he did. Well, it's it's kind of like um, Bright Night Part 2. You cannot find a decent HD transfer of that movie. Yes, you can get a DVD of the laser disc and be prepared to pay through the nose for it. But there is no true HD transfer of Fright Night Part 2. And I'm talking about the one from the 80s, not the stupid pseudo-sequel to the remake, the original Fright Night 2. Um, and that all stems back to the legal issues um, surrounding those two brothers that ca- uh, that killed their wealthy uh, family. Because yeah. that family was tied to the producers of Fright Night Part 2. And it's like, seriously? Like... And I, I get it. It kind of works to Tom Holland's advantage because he's working on a sequel to Fright Night that skips over Fright Night 2. And it's going to be like, you know, 20, 30 years after the fact. And, you know, Charlie has a family. And all of a sudden he gets a new neighbor that looks very much like evil. And then he runs across somebody who looks very much like Jerry Dandridge and things start to get weird. I heck, I have according to at least my voodoo, yeah, pub, uh, on my wish list, I have like twenty seven things on my wish list available to publicly, publicly, waiting for me to you know go on sale and have the money. The combination of going on sale and me having the money to buy that. Beyond that twenty seven, I have another twenty to thirty more items that are not officially listed. Because people have, because um, stuff, I'll use John Johnson's Skeleton Key movie, uh, like Skeleton Key 3 Part 2 that's on Voodoo, but it's, if you bought it, you could still watch it, but you can't buy it anymore. And it's still there. You could probably, if you can find it, you can bookmark it, but it won't sell it due to the fact that whoever's the initial distributor took it off for whatever reason due to whatever deals they made with voodoo that's stupid it, it let the indie market you know be out there it's more of a, a great platform but then again the average john and jade doe want because of everything going on with uh, hollywood and all that as they are either gaslit by Hollywood, uh, I'll put it like that, gaslit, uh, straw man, whatever you want to call it, by Hollywood, 
saying that, oh, you need to watch us. We are the best. Yet they're just rehashing, redoing, remaking, uh, doing member berries for their shit. And yet here's folks that, like we know, whether it be George, um, George, uh, what, what's it, EMG? That he, um, mm-hmm. he EPG. EMG, EB, uh, Darkstone Entertainment, which is John Johnson, uh, Key 15, what, whomever you want to follow or whomever is in your area that puts out or tries their damnedest to put out new stuff and independent stuff. There's not just horror. There's people that do drama. There's people do, that do comedy. And it's all diverse people. They're doing it with the great storylines and everything Except else. Except for Key 13, they hire racists. <laughs> but uh, they 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 do all do what they do they do they try uh there was that uh film i reviewed i want to say uh tw- back in early 2020 2021 in around there the dude was so excited that i reviewed a shitty little podcaster reviewing his his independent film it, it's that it's getting their word out and here it is and you hear it now and you hear a lot of folks saying all these right wingers on all these, you know, um, to use the terminology from a lot of the so-called uh, right wing platforms out there, it that the left says that we're a bunch of istophobes because we don't like X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, we just want good stories. And Hollywood's not doing that. They're just checking, ticking, checking boxes. And, Granted, for every, let's say, 100 films, there is two or three films that actually hit. Hellraiser, looking at you, and we'll probably be talking about the re- possible remake of Blob later on. But still, it, it's, yeah, that's just my opinion. Sasha might have a different opinion on that. But a lot of times, and not to mention, though you could find an independent film on Voodoo, Tubi, or whatever, you could buy actual physical media. And you can contact those folks and buy that physical media on their website. A lot, sometimes for cheap. Right. But another problem is it comes in with like the whole everything going digital, everything going to, you know, you don't own it anymore is the whole like preservation and conservation of certain films. Like we exist in a time where certain games just don't exist anymore. Because the source codes are gone, or because they were a download-only console-exclusive, and now that store is no longer acceptable. Like, stuff that was on the PS3, PS4, hell, there's a ton of mobile games. Now, granted, yes, a lot of them are fly-by-night, but we I don't come from that generation that grew up playing a lot of mobile games, you know, on your cell phone. You know, um, a lot of people did, and there may be games out there that to at least that generation who grew up with it find as memorable as we do Mario and Zelda. And those games are just lost because if nobody saved the, um, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called, the uh, AKP files, if nobody saved yeah. any of that data, it it's gone. G-O-N-E does not exist. And a lot of people go, ah, oh, it's just mobile games. I'm like, no, stuff from the PS3, Xbox 360 um, era just 
are gone. They've been erased from existence. And a lot of those companies may not even exist anymore. The source codes are gone. Um, it's like recently um, they were going to um, try to do like, uh, oh, I'm trying to remember what those two Transformers games were. It was on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. I think one of them was War for uh, War and Fall of Cybertron. Um, but the source code for that, like the studio that created those games no longer exists. And as a result, like if you own either of them discs, that's the only place where that game's archivable now. And, and because those is, systems are no longer around. And not to mention you have uh, companies like Nintendo that have a such a tight squeeze on things. And mm -hmm. it's in regards to it, whether there be ROMs of their, I mean, their original Nintendo games, N64, Super Nintendo games. And they're like, you can't do this. You can't. That's ours. And a lot of folks that either archiving them or want to enjoy them either on a gaming laptop or a gaming computer or uh, in a way that they are able to enjoy it. Like, you know, having a Nintendo Classic or and uh, Super Nintendo Classic, putting it on there and pretty much uh, redoing their childhood. They're like, no, you can't do that. You're taking away our money. Uh, is these games on your currently Switch store? No. Uh, then fuck the hell off. You know, either put them on the store so we can pay for them, or leave us the fuck alone and let us enjoy these member berries or share them with our our kids, our grandkids, etc., 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 our family or friends or friends' kids. They're like, no. No, you can't do that. Or if you dare share these games and put these games on, we'll sue you for millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Fuck, we'll sit, tell you the same thing. It's the same with movies now too. It's the same with movies now too, because like you and I both know for a fact that there was a ton of movies on VHS that we have never seen on DVD, that we've never seen on Blu-ray, and probably never will because. The negatives and the stuff of that nature no longer exists. Now, take that in a modern, you know, in a modern perspective, and considering there isn't film stock now, everything's done digitally. Everything is no longer recorded on a physical medium, you know. And yeah, we'll eventually get a physical release on Blu-ray or something of that nature. But once that studio is gone, once that movie is already out there, how many of them studios are sitting on those negatives for future reference or keeping that data? Um, especially like these small and indie companies, that stuff's just going to disappear after a certain amount of time. And even if you do have it digitally backed up somewhere, even that's not infinite. Like hard drives die. Things get destroyed. I mean, it's why the version of Food Fight that we got really, really sucks versus all the teaser trailers that we got for it before it came out. And, and the thing is, look at the shows that were out for a season, two seasons, that you could find. Those shows you could find now a lot of times on uh, a streaming service or Vudu or Amazon. But there are stuff that's from the late 90s, maybe even to the early 2Ks, you can't find no more. Uh, I'll name two shows right off the bat. One is the John Larroquette show. That lasted like two or three seasons. 
you it's not on anything. It's like it never fucking happened. The other is Stark Raving Mad. It was a wonderful show. It was like maybe I think it might have lasted maybe a season. It might have been like a mid season um uh filler. Like you you know, it's where a show like Bones was on the air and they had they took a break for a few weeks. So they put in this filler uh, show for those few weeks, and it was a, it was a funny show. It um, starred Neil, Neil Patrick Harris and uh, what's his name from Monk. It, I mean, it was hysterical. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, it was hysterical. I loved it, and you can't find that shit anymore. You you, you bring up it's like I enjoy Stark Raven Mad. Oh uh, what? You got to figure there was a season based on the cavemen from the Geico commercials. Yep. There was there was like a season or two uh, based on the Twitter account Shit My Dad Says. There was a season of, oh, what's his name? From the King of the Hill TV show, there was a TV show within that TV show with the, the what was his name? Senior, Senior Mon, Mon something or other. But he was the priest that was all Latin, and he spoke nothing but Spanish. They made a live-action show of that for one season. I'll put it like and this as well. you can't find that anywhere. I know you would remember it. I remember it. I I know somebody at work that remember, remembers it. Two words. Liquid TV. Oh, you can find some of that stuff, like yeah, um, you because can... Aeon Flux and some of the stuff that led to Beavis and Butthead. That stuff still exists, but yeah, it's you can, that, but a lot of it. Best. Yeah, you can find probably Beavis and Butthead and Aeon Flux online, but other stuff like the Max you can't find online. The other skits you can't find online. If I want yeah, to, there's a um. There's actually a DVD set of uh, the Max complete series. I think that just dropped recently. I could be wrong, but I could have swore like, I saw that recently. The thing is, if I went up to like you or somebody who knows better, I went and right before I walked off and said, see you later, alligator, I went, I'm Doug, you're dead, and I'm out of here. We'd, you'd probably get the reference. Yep, I I did that to a coworker that's roughly our age group. She she started laughing because she got the reference. The youth here will not find that reference. We had folks at home. If you're a Gen Xer like me and Sasha, you'd remember. You can't do that on TV. The origins of the Green Slime. You there's no DVD. You could find only a few episodes on YouTube. A few. Beyond that. You can't find shit. It's lost media. That's why yep. I do lost media Mondays with uh, some of the stuff that I have. I'm just as much as I want to put out slacker in the man stuff, but it, it's a little raunchy. I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> no, we get raunchy. <laughs> uh, no, it gets bad from time to time. Oh, looks like you might have cut out, bud. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We'll return to our program shortly. A few minutes later. What yeah, happened? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's probably because it's chilly in here and my computer decided to be a pain in the ass. I yeah. don't know why. I uh, it, it it knows my computer knows. Oh, they're gonna be recording a big episode today, so fuck them. Nah. I sent you a link by the way. I found Max um complete C series for $17.99. And on Amazon. I just need money. Folks at home. This is why we have yep. stuff, so we could get it and review it. Patreon. OnlyFans. Meet Chris in the back of one of the rage rooms for five minutes. <laughs> He'll wear his bikini. <laughs> that costs extra. Remember, we have goals, motherfucker. Now remember, we gotta charge rates like they used to do on them old sex lines. Two dollars for the first minute, twenty for each additional. <laughs> Automatically charged for twenty minutes, regardless. <laughs> and let me let me put it like this: I know we gotta probably eventually get into the main aspect of the show, but yeah, folks, what I was planning to do for the Sasha on board aspect of the show, especially for last week, I had this whole aspect ready to go to talk. I would have dug deep for those articles in regards to aliens being spotted in Miami and that whole conspiracy. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Something else. Save it for up. another episode. Yeah, yeah true. No, I already have one for this episode and one for next week's episode. <laughs> already See? loaded. Exactly. The, the double Unless something shotgun. good comes across. Unless something better comes across the news tape. <laughs> the double barrel shotgun has been loaded. Uh, there's two in the chamber ready to go. Uh, we be fast and they be slow. We be slow. But still, it. <laughs> wow. Uh, do you uh do you want to talk about the AI George George Carlin now, or do you want to save it for the uh the, the show? Wawa? the AI George Carlin? I don't recall us even discussing that. Oh, then you, do you want to save it for the main show? Or do you want to talk about it now? Do you want to bring it up during nerd news? Oh, we can. We got a bunch of nerd news until we get uh, we got a ton. Yeah. We're still gonna do the uh, trailer pick. Yeah, there's something I picked trailer up. Trash. Like, I, trailer trash, but I was like, "Oh, that could be another cool trailer to look at," and I lost, lost it. Like you, son of a bitch. Nah. Just you're gonna stick with the Kung Fu one. Yeah, Kung, yeah, Kung Fury. All right, I'll, I'm definitely gonna discuss FP because, dude, <laughs> I like the fact that it's played serious. It's about a bunch of rival gangs fighting over Dance Dance Revolution. I I just remember it being so blitzed and hearing the duck speech, and I I think I sent, I sent you the clip of the duck speech, and I'm just like, what? How are you supposed to get your shit together when you ain't got no fucking ducks? <laughs> so anything goes wrong at work, that's my go-to line. Well, Sasha, how are we going to do X, Y, Z? How are we supposed to get our shit together if we ain't got no fucking ducks? <laughs> J-Row. 
Oh. J row and B row. <laughs> That's something we sh I, I need to figure out how to do it like through Zoom or Skype and we do a watch party and just laugh our asses off. I'll have to get the kid to show me how to do that sometime. <laughs> just be you and me and we'll just film commentary of us go, what the fuck? That sounds like good Patreon content. What say you? You still there? Technical difficulties, it seems. I think. We are experiencing technical difficulties. Please stand by. We'll return to our program shortly. 20 minutes later. Are you saying something? Because I'm, I don't hear anything from you. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just looking up all kinds of crazy stuff at the moment. Just trying to look at what I have. Oh, by the way, um, I know Trevor said something about wanting to cast again sometime. So, now what I was uh, initially trying to say is that uh, if things wants to work properly, um, officially, at least on the DVD side, because uh, I spoke to John Johnson before about it, and uh. He initially he had the opportunity to be in porn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> John Johnson. Uh, anyway, I think he actually admits that too. Um, he want he had everything. He had extras, commentary, and everything else for Skeleton Key Three Part Two, but the his distributor pretty much told him, "Ah, no, go screw yourself. We don't want it." So. We could initially, uh, this has been years, uh, years in the making, so to speak. And because you have access to my voodoo, pull it up, watch it on kind of like with the subtitles up and just commentate on it and just release it audio wise. So people would do it that way if they have their own copy. So mm -hmm. he'll, he'll get a kick out of it. Yeah, I was on there last. Uh, well, the other night watching Candyman, I just was in the mood for that. There's something about that movie, and it, it's I don't know how to describe it. It almost feels like it shouldn't even be considered mainstream because you really don't get to the killings and Candyman. And well, you get some killings and some brutality, which don't really get to Candyman until like what about 40 45 minutes in. You get a lot of red herrings, and then finally in that parking garage, you get to see him for the first time. Because most of it's just voiceovers and flashbacks, but once you get the 40-minute mark, bam! Tony Todd is, besides, Tony Todd is one of the folks that I could probably sit down and listen to him read a phone book and just be like, in totally entranced. Like, what are you listening to a man read a phone book? Tony Todd makes it sound interesting and fun. Fuck you. <laughs> Even like that that first sequel that came out for it like in the 90s was decent. That direct-to-video one, not very good. Now the recent one I, I thought was okay, but a lot of people kind of hated on it. I, I liked it for what it was. Because it brought elements back in from the first movie. And, you know, Tony Todd was honored toward the end of it, but it was kind of like a passing of the torch story and when you think about it like even the first movie was kind of a passing of the torch because like candy man was more or less setting helen up to be the next 
handyman, more or less, if you sit down and watch it underneath that context. Now, you had a lot of that shit in the 90s when it came to, like, horror movies. Look at, mm -hmm. um, look at Wishmaster. The first and second one. I'm, but Candyman, the sequel probably had a connection with the first one. Yes, it was uh, the guy who writes the book. He appears in one of the scenes with Helen and her husband. Because you know you how had they movie it up with him. Yeah. And you had movies like Wishmaster that it seemed like it didn't... The second and third one, as well as the, the I think the fourth one, didn't have any correlation with the first one. But in the first movie, if you watch it, she wishes that everything that happened... Goes back. Goes back. So you could argue that point, but it seems like, well. Well, it tripped so. me out because I was watching um, Mimic, and you know how it had that direct-to-video sequel? What, that Wishmaster? Came out after Wishmaster, yeah. No, I'll Mimic. Them all. Oh, Mimic. Mimic, yeah. Like the first two. I'm not counting that third one because that was kind of weird. But um, the, the main character of the second one, the girl that's taking Polaroids of everything... She's technically in the first movie, but portrayed by another actress. And I was like, oh, that is the same character. I had to go back because I was like, wait, there's a girl in the first movie that's taken Polaroids of everything. And then you pick up on the second movie where she's taking Polaroids of all of her bad dates, like her crying because of how abusive that guy was to her or what have you. And I'm like, oh, that is the same character. Okay, so this is how that ties together. Yeah, that tripped me out. I didn't realize that until like I literally sat down and watched them back to back the other day on HBO Max. Can you hear me? Yep, oh, I hear yes, you. Sir. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's like, I the video. There we go. It's like, what happened? Oh, yeah, we had technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we had. Motherfucker. So. How do you want to organize this? Do you want to do, obviously, we'll start with the, you know, alums are on board. Um, but then do you want to jump into, you know, nerd news or do you want to start with trailer trash? Let's do trailer trash uh, first, that because it will probably be a shorter segment in regards to everything. Then we could work our way into uh like locale and do order because uh nerd news is going to be like feeds in the ghostbusters yeah yeah with everything it's going to be like huge freaking um, huge it sounds like we got quite a meaty movie nerd news this go around uh, i'm just checking the stats before we start talking oh they went back that far it's 2019 i have to put on the mask <laughs> you know, you know, I should have left the camera off and made you guys think I had it on, not have it on. You guys get to decide whether if I really have it on or not. Is it on? Is it all? Is it on? <laughs> and still done the whole aspect of lion face. Lemon face. Oh, lemon face. <laughs> is the mask on or is the mask off? You have to go to OnlyFans to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Driving. Is he actually, is he actually wearing a bikini? <laughs> driving listener engagement <laughs> remember folks listener engagement is one of the best ways that you could actually help the show please uh, even if you're listening on to uh, 
services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even the upcoming defunct Google Podcast, emailing us or going to uh, Sasha's OnlyFans or to our Facebook pages or anything like that. All links are in our description, at least my description, is the best way to contact us for listener engagement and support. Indeed. And since I'll be home tomorrow, since I'm feeling under the weather, I actually will have some time to do some editing and get some more stuff up for you on certain sites. So, yay. And I'll try to upload the the other one. So the other episode we recorded to my YouTube channel, hopefully, if I remember. Hopefully. And oh, somehow we're on Spotify now. How'd you manage that? I've always been on Spotify. I've oh. been on Spotify for years. Okay. I've been trying to figure so, out how to do it, and I'm like, oh, well, Chris is already on there. I don't have to do much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Podbean helped so much for that. That's good. Now, just that the only thing is uh, Podbean has this weird security feature, and with some, uh, there was one platform that's just starting out, and it, it's maybe another, uh, if you want to look at it, Good Pods is a new comp, uh, platform for podcasts and in, at least independent podcasts like ours. They're trying to do this other company is trying to do something similar and they needed uh, to verify. But in order to verify, Podbean has so much security and back end shit and uh, trying to incorporate things with uh, like Apple Podcasts and all that. They need all this security shit and the their their IT and their customer support it's like well I need to do this their this company is telling me there's a setting to do this where's this setting oh we don't know what you're talking about I'm like oh my god you should know this you developed your own platform oh we don't know what you're talking about you have to go into the HTML code you made this so user friendly I don't need to know HTML uh, I found it. I I actually found it before they actually told me. Three days later, I stumbled upon it. I'm like, really, Podbean, really? But still, either way, woo, lemon face, lion face, face. lemon face, <laughs> lion face, tiger face. To have you do it as soon as like I do this, you're doing lemon face. I'm trying to do the complete pops <laughs> for that <laughs> joke. Uh, oh my! Time, so, you ready? I am. You're good. Ah, uh, Lumser, I'm bored. What play thing do you have for me today? Something out of the SK system, man. And it appears that a new challenger has entered their arena, man. Ooh. That's right. The West Coast has gotten jealous of the East Coast and of Florida. Now they call it America's dick. <laughs> And speaking of dicks, <laughs> I'm in for this one. And as stated, 
this popped up on my feed thinking that, hey, I was going to choose alien to talk about aliens, but no, no, this insanity, or should I say this insanity, popped up into my feed, and I was like, you know what? We have a winner. <laughs> it comes out of California, of all places. <laughs> Most points if it involves Snoop Dogg or Nicolas Cage or both. I wish it was that fun, but no. No. Hollywood producers, but... that's my dream casting. <laughs> For what? Don't care. Nick Cage and Snoop Dogg? It could be a historical drama. <laughs> they would make it interesting. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll probably pay to watch it. <laughs> now, the title the title of this article is Woman Arrested with Boyfriend's Penis Still Glued to the Inside of Her Vagina. <laughs> and as I asked when you first told me about that, was he still attached? At the moment of everything, yes. <laughs> I so read it. <laughs> I'm just going to read her, her first name. Now, let's see. Where is... I'm going to send you the link, Sasha, of this so you can see what this chick looks like. And you want to talk about... You hear about the whole aspect of crazy bitches? Mm-hmm. But it's the yeah. beauty within that matters. Just... And, and her photo pops up <laughs> right away. <laughs> That's her. All right. And... I'm going to pop over to Google real quick and take a look at that. <laughs> and the person's name is Kalista, 28, of Inglewood, Florida, California. I almost said Florida. Because it's so insane. It you think it, it would happen in Florida, but no, it's California. Had has been oh, arrested yeah. after <laughs> after a man called police saying she just stole his penis. <laughs> The man, Alex, 33, went on to say that they had an argument about his flirting with a waitress during dinner at a local restaurant. Please let it be a Denny's. No, please let it be a Waffle House. Please let it be a Waffle House. Please let it be a Waffle House. <laughs> about his flirting with a waitress during dinner at a local restaurant, an accusation he vehemently denies. Kalisa's response was to pour glue into her vagina, entice Alex into bed, and per and permanently attached his penis inside her. So in her words, and I quote, I'll always know what you're doing with your dick. Unquote. As you can imagine, the argument escalated when Alex realized his penis was stuck inside Kalisa's vagina. It was during the ensuing kerfuffle <laughs> that Alex's manhood was ripped off inside her vagina. Kalisa took off out the front door, knowing it wouldn't be wise to chase after her with his wound gushing blood. Alex called the police and asked for paramedics to rush over. Several days, several days, <laughs> not one, but at least two, 
Days passed up before authorities caught up with Kalista. She was sleeping in her car at an abandoned parking lot at the edge of the city while being placed into custody. Officers noted that the penis in question was still glued inside her vagina all these days later. At this point, the penis is no longer viable for reattachment and is now a lost cause. Penis still in vagina. Yes, that is a sentence. She is taken in for questioning. Kalista could not exercise her right to remain silent or remain calm and was placed in a straitjacket after several hours of incoherent ramblings and flailing around. Uh, Alex has uh, already been sewn up and was recovering at the hospital when he got the news that his former girlfriend was arrested. He is quoted to saying, I'm glad she was caught. I am sad I lost my wiener. Doctors says I will experience a sensation known as phantom penis where it will feel like it's still there. On the bright side out of this whole mess is that I am I will be able to choose any prosthetic penis I want. <laughs> And the chick is being held on aggravated assault and battery charges and will face a judge in the ensuing months. Aggravated assault. <laughs> when you have to, in essence, create a brand new goddamn charge. Prosthetic penis. <laughs> and you know the image that immediately comes to mind? Space truckers. <laughs> you know what image I'm talking about. We've got the pool cord start on it. <laughs> and I have that movie, too. Oh. That was, like, the best part of that whole movie. It's like, wow. Jeez. Freaking Louise, man. I'm just, like... Number one, what glue was used? We need to know the glue. <laughs> Because not only did it operate in a warm, moist environment and still dry, but it dried quickly. <laughs> and it took ripping that off. It was that secure. Like, I don't understand if it ripped some of the skin off or something. No, it ripped no. it off. Oh. It's like, so whoever that glue company is, I, I hope they're the one providing him with the prosthesis because they stand to make a lot of money on their product. Uh, at least they we'll shit together. Good. <laughs> at least when uh, first thoughts was, man, at least L Lorena Bobbitt used a knife. <laughs> but no. And it's just ironic that I watched Candyman the other night. And you know how they talk about the little boy who has it cut off and it's floating in the toilet? And and the kid's like, ain't no fixing that. Better off dead. Apparently they can fix it. We have the science. We have we the have technology. The technology. We can build him bigger and stronger. Faster. <laughs> Maybe not faster. <laughs> Maybe that was the problem to begin with. Oh, I could see his next girl. It's like, don't worry, babe. You won't be able to get pregnant by me. It's like, 
Or, baby, I'm pregnant with your child. Bitch, it's fake. <laughs> there is no way. Yeah, um... Yeah, that that's... Wow. Florida, you're gonna have to bring your A-game on this. Wait, what's... Where, Where's the other one? Where's the other one? Where is the other one? What state is the other one? The other one, it doesn't give the state. I think this was Utah. I'm still stuck on this first story because, like, that chick's face, it, we didn't put that somewhere on the thumbnail. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because it's like, yeah, like, what kind of alcohol were we doing? What kind of drugs are you doing? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know. I mean, because right there, that, that, that could be your anti-drug poster. Just her face. <laughs> and bitches, bitches be crazy, y'all. I'm guessing she had on a wig. Maybe had on one of them, like, dental bridges. So it looks like her teeth were looking decent. I mean, you could probably paint that up okay. You know, you slap on a good weave, a good wig, a little bit of makeup. Hey, when you, you know. make my ex seem normal? I, no, no, I'm just saying, we we, we, we can paint her up. Maybe, maybe this is just the after effect. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is like when they caught up with her. They already knew her shit was crazy. She's like, ah, I might as well reveal my crazy werewolf side. <laughs> The penis bandit. <laughs> yeah, the next one comes Jesus. out of. I'll I'll say this next week we're moving closer to the east of the United States, not by much. It's Utah. Um, I'm thinking you didn't see the article about the Florida woman who claims she never drank and drove because she only drank at red lights and stop signs. I heard about that. But I, I wasn't driving. Gold. I was stopped. <laughs> Sasha, the one for next week is better. Groovy. Better. better. Let me give you a little bit of preview. Man got struck. Um, a Utah man got struck by lightning while masturbating to the Bible. I'm just trying to think what, what what part of the Bible got you that excited. I mean, I know there's a lot of begotting in the beginning, but uh, for folks, if you want to know, you have to wait until next week. Dun, dun. Um, You're gonna have it, to wait. Come back. Was it was I'm it Revelations? Was it no, was it the I'm horror not, Babylon? I'm not telling. <laughs> You're gonna have to wait until next week. Cliffhanger, motherfucker. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. You want to know? You're going to have to wait. <laughs> There's our remake. Nicholas Cage. Snoop Dogg. Cliffhanger. <laughs> I tell you, you ever get bored, look up Nicholas Cage and him practicing for the role of, of Ghost Rider. And, like, he didn't have to do anything to become Ghost Rider, but he would make faces pretending he was a flaming skull. There is video footage of this. I, I like, think I've seen it. And it's like, dear God. Uh, oh. He used to make Oscar-caliber movies. 
Used to. <laughs> I mean, he's still a draw. People go to see. Oh, yeah, this has got Nicolas Cage. It. It'll be crazy. And before we get any further, folks. Dramatic. Pause. Shut up and take my money. Frontman for the Long Coat Mafia podcast, the internet's most hated and least listened to mafia themed geek podcast. Uh, kind of sort of across from me, somewhere in hiding in her <laughs> hiding in a bunker five miles underneath the earth and potentially creating uh, her own, own horror series. That's the horror hostess of the Moses, Sasha, the Princess of Darkness. Sasha, the Princess of Darkness herself. Yes, I said it twice because according to her, I have to say stuff like say it twice because I am so nice or else I will not. I can't read that. <laughs> but never way. No. no. <laughs> twice is nice. Twice is nice. Um, some vague threat of two by four tossing, not what? Uh, no, I just need a pair of pliers. I don't need two by fours. A pair of pliers and some twine, and I'm good. That's all I need. Coat hangers will suffice for the twine. They cut when you, if you wiggle too much. <laughs> like, how do you uh, get a look from a cashier? Uh, bananas, cucumbers, KY jelly, duct tape, and rope. I, I just buy a ton of ephedrine and brake fluid, <laughs> sterno stoves, car repair. <laughs> Yell it out. Gatorade me, bitch. Uh, next time I see Al, I'm just going to look at him and go, Gatorade me, bitch. It's like, Al, you sick motherfucker. He's going to be like, what? <laughs> Oh. Bad enough. Bad enough when we uh, see Jose. It's going to be pup cup still. Yep, good old pup cup. <laughs> pup cup. Yeah, I'm but... debating on doing creature feature in like three months. I mean, it looks like it'll be a blast. It's down there in Gettysburg. None of those two chuckleheads will be there. Well, the, and I'm I got sure they'll be around. Who's, who's never been to a convention before, and I want to change that. Who hasn't? I haven't even gone. I'm like, what? I was like, you should have told me this like 20 years ago. What? <laughs> Al's I was never younger. Been to a horror con? No, no. Al's been to conventions with me. It's just I have a friend that hasn't ever gone to one. 
And I feel horribly neglectful for that. And I'm like, hmm, I'm going to have to fix that. I'm like, had I had known 20 years ago, because you're only getting half Sasha at this point. <laughs> you're not getting full Sasha. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I told you, I got to look for my, um, I wish I brought her to, got a chance to bring her to like a, like Baltimore or something equivalent to like four state because she, I don't know if I told you, I know I told it, uh, at least on electric guy. Um, she brought me to like uh, one of these gem, like gemstone conventions or uh, like <laughs> uh, crystal. It's one of those type of things. It was just for like folks who are interested in like rock collecting and all that. It wasn't one. Oh, of these, okay. So it wasn't um, one of those like hippie witch kind of things. I'm like, right? No, Chris would have no, too much fun with that. What's good for Faye? Uh, I need iron. Not, Lots of iron. <laughs> uh, nothing against uh, uh, that's uh, Big Candy's uh, wife's side hustle is doing tarot readings at at these. So I'm not I'm not knocking her side hustle in regards to doing that at all. Uh, but it was like one of these like gemstone. It was probably strictly, not even on a tanga deck. Um, <laughs> I said my she was like I, I I enjoy collecting rocks and stones and gem stuff and all that and she was like would you like to come with me one day you know just there's one it was one in Pennsylvania there as you know Sasha going to a, you know a lot of shows they give out freebies their <laughs> freebies was pretty much stones from the fucking parking lot Jesus Christ <laughs> that's what it looked like it was like gravel from the fucking parking lot I, I, I would get into so much trouble at a convention like that. I'm like, so th this does repel evil, and I'd throw it at the nearest person. I'm like, yeah, it's not effective <laughs> enough. <laughs> I, I was once standing. <laughs> I was on that same level because I was like, I told her, and I got a, I got a look where you and I share the same basic sense of humor because I, I, I was like. Willing to like when the folks, be, the vendors are like, "Can we help you looking for something?" I was like, "This like hair closed going, yeah." Um, do you have? I'm looking for something for a friend of mine. He's on the hunt for uh, kryptonite. Uh, I I hear it comes in various colors, mostly green, yellow, and red. He needs it for some sort of to help fight against this alien or something like that. Something along those lines, she's like I said, I told my girlfriend that my ex, all that I'm getting this look like you wouldn't dare. Yes, I would. <laughs> I would. And the thing is, good chance, Sasha, you would do that too. <laughs> we know so many people that would do that. It's sad. This is what this that convention looked like. <laughs> I mean, the whole thing was like in a gymnasium, a high like it was like a high school gymnasium. This that launched like you don't know <laughs> on the level of shows. This is like low key. I mean, it's like granted, granted, four state is in a in a college gymnasium, but it's a very large gymnasium, not a small little rinky dink high school. 
But then again, I've been to some decent comic conventions in a high school, high school gymnasiums and ballrooms that are pretty that try their best. So I'm not going to knock that shit. Oh, resplendent. Splendid. We'll get those little finger syllables and clack them together. (laughs) I think they're called a tiz or something like that. Oh. But to uh, to continue with our stuff, uh, trailer. We're going to talk about some trailer trash today. And it's a new feature on the show where we're going to present two really cool trailers that we think you should check it out, or they might just be absolute trash. Um, I, I think the one I have picked out is a little bit of both. I think maybe the one you got picked out is a little bit both. Um, but I'll let you start. Sell uh, sell your trailer and where they can find it at. Um, you can find the trailer on uh, YouTube primarily. Matter of fact, you can find the full... Uh, I don't want to call it a movie. It's a, they call it a short. Uh, the whole thing can be found. You could purchase it on Vudu and Amazon and everything else. Uh, you could also watch it for free on YouTube. Yeah, along with the trailer, it is Kung Fury. This fever dream of a dying person uh, <laughs> uh is one of those movies that is very self-aware in regards to what it is. It is about... It, you have to watch it because it's kind of hard to describe it because to, if you have not seen this movie yet, uh, it's about this person that is a mythical kung fu fighter that is like god tier. And the only way he managed to get these god tier kung fu powers was to be struck by lightning and bit by a cobra at the same time it has a 80s kids don't try this at home yeah uh, yeah don't try this shit at home it has a very 80s aesthetic when i first watched it it was like what the it was my first experience watching the movie and the trailers like it didn't really appear to appeal to me, but when I watched the the uh, actual short, I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" It's it's self aware. When you watch it, you're like, "What the fuck?" This, but it's hysterical at best. At it, there are hysterical moments in it. Uh, it has it's been done recently, but it has that eighties videotape vibe. Like you found a VHS somewhere that's been watched fifteen different times, one hundred and fifty times. I I love it. I'll probably be watching it later tonight again at some point. It's one of those things that has to make my rounds. It's one of those movies that I like. Anyway, I know it's quick. So, started. mine. I'm just going to open up with a summary in a dystopian future. Two. Rival gangs feud for control of the rural wa- wasteland known as Frasier Park, or to them, just the FP Dog. Um, it is a very weird movie from 2011, known simply as the FP, and it is played very straight. And much like I said, yes, it's about two rival gangs fighting each other for like control of this territory, but they use freaking Dance Dance Revolution for their battles. 
That's how they decide who the winner is. And it is played straight. And all I've got to say is there's a scene that's very philosophical, played straight as straight can be with a bunch of slang and lingo about why it's important to have ducks. Because, you know, at the end of the day, if you ain't got ducks, how are you supposed to sort your shit? But uh, it's it's funny, but it plays itself straight and just be prepared to laugh. If you like post-apocalyptic movies and they have a comical approach, worth checking out. That It's the aspect of those movies that are played straight. And it's especially the ones that you're like, what the? F-? You look at it, but it's. It's not really a train wreck, but you you're caught up into watching it because it's so bad. It's good. It's got that bounce to it. But that's the thing. It's it's done badly, but as if they're trying to do it good, but they are aware that it's bad. It's that, that's, very meta. <laughs> it's, it's it's like hey, of- we're gonna make a bad movie, but we're not gonna make it like it's a bad movie. But it's still a bad movie. If it that sounds makes like, sense. yeah, it, it it does. It sounds like Blossom Pastor. It it it's like we're making a bad movie, but we're not going to make it a bad movie. But we're going to make it so self aware that it comes off as a bad movie. <laughs> and we're going to play it straight. <laughs> and we're going to play it straight. And you're like, this is awesome. I I, I love this. I got to watch it again. Uh, the those types of films are are that. Are like that. Uh, and now this film is feature length. Now you said yours is like a short. So right. hey, if you bring a few friends over for a couple of beers, you can start with watching, of course, Chris's pick, and then follow it by mine, and you're guaranteed to have a good time. Just don't try any of this at home, um, especially at our age. We would not recommend Dance Dance Revolution, let alone getting struck by lightning and bit, being bitten by a cobra. But hey, right. do you? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> and if you find any of my drinking games online, do not follow them. There's a good chance you could get seriously injured or die if you're using alcohol. Yeah, you can already hear the jackass music playing when he says that. <laughs> These will result in death. <laughs> no, All right. Especially if you're trying to play the life force drinking game that I created. Yeah, you will die. <laughs> You will die. Literally, if you're using alcohol, you will die. So up next, that brings us to our Lil Cal Roundup. Yeehaw! And uh, for that, I just want to say it seems like Chris, good old Chris Chan, she's at the top of the headlines as usual. Um, Granted, the most well-documented person on the internet, like her last 40 years of life is pretty much extremely detailed and documented on the internet for good or ill. Um, apparently she went, she and her partner, um, and it has been confirmed that they are partners, um, went to a convention over the weekend. I believe it was an anime convention to be precise. Um, the first day they didn't have any problems. Apparently like they went through, they just went and did their thing. Um, Chris did attend a few panels, um, it did get a little weird because, you know, she had to bring in her I am God conversations into them a little bit, but without revealing the full deck. 
Um, but other than that, everything seemed tame, but her presence was known. So about midway through the second day, they got booted. And then midway, uh, when they tried to show up for the third and final day, a Sunday, because with most conventions, you have your Friday night, your Saturday all day, and then you have like a short day on Sunday. They couldn't even get in on Sunday. And from what I understand, like, she really didn't do anything wrong. It was just the people at the convention had saw her, recognized her, and kind of blew up the con promoter's phones and were like, you know, we're not comfortable with this person being here. Again, she didn't do anything wrong. She was with her partner, things of that nature. And I'm not saying, and I'm not trying to be apologetic for her past. Because um, there's a lot of shit she did wrong. And there's a lot of shit that she was accused of and charges were dismissed. Um, doesn't mean that she didn't do them. Doesn't mean that she did do them. I wasn't there. I just know what she admitted to and then retracted. Um, but to me, if she's there and she's not causing a problem, regardless of public perception, you shouldn't be booted. You know? And, and right. maybe I don't have the correct aspect on looking at this, but, you know, from the cons perspective, I get that there was some public outcry that, dear God, she's here. Um, but the con should have addressed it like, hey, we're aware that she's here. And if the problem arises, we'll boot her instead of snagging her on the first day and tossing her. Because I hate to say it with like most of the photos that were shown of her going around the con. She was closely followed by security. And she was being recorded by all manner of people. And there was really nothing out of the ordinary. Um, yeah, and even the con... Even the con made a public statement of, hey, just because of the people that were calling in saying that they were uncomfortable, that's why they were booted. But even they admitted that, hey, nothing happened while she was there. And honestly, from a con perspective, her being watched and her being kept track of should have been the end of it, honestly. But you know how some people are. Yeah. It 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 sounds like there was probably more to it than the article or what's coming out in regards to it. Maybe she was being I'm not saying she was. I mean maybe she there were aspects that she was being a little bit extreme. Well, that's the, the thing, because her history, like you can look up her history at other cons where she has behaved inappropriately, but right. Her partner was there with her. Um, again, like she can't go anywhere now. She can't go get groceries without somebody getting photos of her and every little iota of her life being detailed. Um, and considering that this con was a week ago, like nothing else has come out. Nothing else has come to light. Um, her one whole day at the con and her half a day on a Saturday are extremely well documented. And even the con said the only reason they booted her be because of public outcry, and that's it. And to me, I'm, again, I'm kind of on the fence. I'm like, here's somebody who already has a bad public image, but if they're not there causing a problem, you know what I mean, and not being high level and high profile, 
and they're just going to the con and maybe asking a few questions at a Q&A, well, I don't like really I said, see it, the problem. There could have been other issues that were going on that we're not seeing or uh, meaning that because it was Chris Chan being a, almost a quasi-celebrity herself, uh, maybe that was the major issue. And it was causing way too much trouble in and upon herself. Uh, so, and it was easier to go with the whole aspect of public outcry versus mm-hmm. the, you know, logistical of people just swarming around Chris Chant and anything else in regards to that. So, or uh, maybe there were people uh, at times that were probably threatening Christian or mm-hmm. making threats or um some of the phone call the the quote unquote public outcry was um uh, against her safety uh mm-hmm. meaning if you uh it wasn't just like how dare you instead of uh what I'll use the example whether uh for those listening and uh people present uh like the equivalent of Gina Carano uh, being at uh, the event uh, at a convention in Vancouver, we don't feel safe around this person, so therefore, we don't want them at this event. Um, from what yeah, I'm seeing, I, 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 I granted it's two different examples, but mm-hmm. it's like it, it's similar, but it's not similar in a way. Right. It's like now this was anime Raleigh. In North Carolina, which isn't too far from where she resides in Virginia, because that's where she's at right now. Um, It's still a bit of a drive, but depending on what end of Virginia you're in, it's really not that far. Um, And her partner, by the way, is is tentatively known as Flutter. Um, And apparently they are of age. Um, They are, you know, well above the legal age. Um, they're not extremely old, but they do appear younger because they have that disease that makes you look younger. Um, and I can't think of what exactly that, exactly that is. I think um, I know what you mean, but... Yeah, but they attended. Um, there was also a friend of a Redditor um, that had saw them being escorted out. And the official reason, and based on everything that's been reported, and keep in mind this convention happened um, just this month. Uh, on the 5th and 7th um, because of um, Chris's status as a person non grata. Meaning, you know, a persona that's not exactly one that's got a, a pleasureful view, but that is the official statement on it as this time. There was, from what is coming out from the convention, as well as from other attendees that were there, that were keeping tabs on them, because, of course, that's how it rolls. Um, that they really didn't do anything wrong other than being escorted out because of them being a persona non grata, which means somebody who is, I'm not exactly got a high public view, so to speak. And based on things that they've been accused of and admitted to, I, you can understand why, but again, you know, if, if, if the court systems dismiss the case, Kind of got to respect what the court says. Uh, That doesn't stop the whole aspect of public opinion. 
Yeah, the court of public opinion can be vicious at times. But again, I'm not making excuses for them. I'm not making or excusing anything that they did or didn't do. I'm just saying, like I've said before, and I'll say it a million times again, just let them be. Let them exist. Right. Stop feeding the troll and it will go away. <laughs> or it'll do something else crazy right. and finally get locked up and get the help that they need. But that's just my opinion. Um, hasn't been anything right. new on the radar for Lowell Cows, but with her being out of jail at the moment, a lot of focus is on her. Fact, One of these days will get Cyrax this. and the rest of them. Unfortunately, I do have Lowell Cow news in a way myself. In a way, kind mm -hmm. of, sort of. Um, How is it about us? Have we got the status yet? I wish. But uh, for some of you out there, it this came across my feed. I figured it might be something for on my end for the segment. Segment. It's in regards to the person known as Gypsy Rose Blanchard. Oh yeah, um, she, she, I wouldn't really consider her a low cow actually, but cut, maybe borderline. She's in around that level, but not quite. Um, I had to figure out who this was because I I've been a cord cutter for the past going on twenty years. 10 to 20 years. So she's uh, the kid whose mom, what's that called? Munchausen syndrome uh, by proxy. Right. Right. And Gypsy she Rose mom? and her, uh, she was arrested and jailed being a conspiracy for doing it. Her boyfriend at the time did actually did it, but, uh, it was like one of those aspects of, uh, I think the conversation. I think the conversation was pretty much. I wish my mom was dead. She's been doing this shit, uh, and the boyfriend was pretty much like, "Okay, I'll do it. I love you so much." And it happened. Um, but recently, uh, she was recently released. Uh, Gypsy Rose was recently released from prison, and I won't say she was attacked, but. Like a lot of people nowadays, meaning that interviews are on YouTube and everything else, and it's kind of hard to uh, keep your stories straight in a way, because mm -hmm. uh, case in point, politicians are called out on what they've said a lot of times because it's on the internet, and the internet is relatively forever. Uh, and they're like, people are now picking apart her what she says in one interview or what she said when she first got released and was doing interviews to what she's saying now because there's a lot of uh, stuff she said has been uh, contradicting what uh, what she says let's say in last week's interview uh, contradicts what she said in the first interview and vice versa so it's it's been one of these type of ordeals and uh, some people are saying that uh, she knew she was, she also knew she had, uh, she wasn't sick. She was just playing along to get the the money. She, you know, the whole ordeal. So you have the whole aspect of the equivalent of a low-cal scenario because you have people doing similar things to her that they would probably do to Chris Chan. Whatever Christian puts out online, there is always that person that's like documenting stuff and 
comparing it to what they said prior and how the story's changed. It's it's weird. It's I'm not following it. I figured it was something to bring up for this particular segment. Um which it And this is this is, is the thing that I, I think a lot of people don't get with the Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Like there was a lot of damage done to her body. Like the teeth that you see her having now, those are dentures. Um, because she was denied food, she was you know, purposely put stuff into her body to make her appear sick. Um, her mother essentially treated her like a child 24-7, even though she was not. Um, and she never really got to grow as a person and to find out who she was until she went to prison. As, as terrible as this is somebody who literally grew up in the system who may have been in her 20s when she went to jail but at the end of the day mentally speaking and based on the abuse that she gotten and there are accusations that she was abused by her grandfather um there were actually she admitted to one time pulling a gun on her mom because stuff had gotten so bad and it wound up being a pellet rifle um but you know, so it wasn't the first time she thought about ending her mom, but she's had a lot of struggles, you know, and she really didn't get to experience like freedom until like the Internet. And we're talking early days of the Internet when MySpace and Facebook were neck and neck competitors with each other. And, and if you she, can remember back that far, you know, and she was uh, her mom and her were the original crowdfunders before crowdfunding became popular as well. So. Exactly. And and the thing of it is, is, is that, you know, having studied like certain conditions like Munchausen syndrome and things of that nature, um, it's a very complex thing. I mean, this is somebody who was mentally and physically treated as a child long past when she was more than at the age to be considered a, an adult, but her body was denied certain proteins and hormones to stop her development. And yeah, like you got to understand that aspect of it. So when she goes to an interview and she doesn't seem like she's 100% with it or she's feeling her way through it, it's because this is all new to her. Like she literally got freedom in jail. She got freedom by killing her mother and going to jail. Um, I, so yeah, things are going to be odd. Yeah, side side tangent because I think you brought up, or in this case, it brings up a lot of folk, uh, a lot of things that people with more than uh, an IQ of seventy five, I'll say, bring up, or with enough brains to. Or brain power to actually figure out. Uh, granted, a lot of those folks are lumped in with the, um, I'll say the unintelligible community, uh, so to speak. It's whereas someone like, I'll say this, someone like myself, even though um, I'll, you've agreed on this, like, well, when you have cases like this that shows that someone who was abused they've turned out X, Y, and Z because of that abuse. With whether it be hormones, X, Y, Z, or, or you see folks because they were so restricted in life, 
so mentally abused, if not physically abused in life, they turned out weird or damaged. I don't want to say weird, but damaged in some way, shape, or form, traumatized. And you have my folks, someone like myself saying, that's, or should I say, uh, how do I put this? Uh, it's going to come out wrong, but I apologize. You have some folks that are so, uh, I've seen it mostly as women than guys, uh, even though mm -hmm. even myself uh, might be a little bit like that. Uh, let's take the aspect of uh, um, not asexual. Uh, uh, someone's not really into sex that much. Um, okay. Um, yeah, that would be uh, asexual. Asexual. Okay. Um, a lot of folks that are in the, uh, I've seen it with more so women than uh, guys. Uh, where they're brought up that they're in such a restrictive household that they don't they they don't go on the dates they're not really social they don't know how to express themselves sexually they be granted a lot of folks can be born asexual yet you have folks that are I don't want to say use the word groom because it's becoming so um use so much that it's kind of maybe losing its its power or its meaning in a way they are groomed to be asexual because they in that such a um restricted home that they don't know how to be by any means sexual because some i think on a psycho uh psychological level some things are learned by peers by being with friends being within a social environment and being restricted from that social environment, you don't know how to do some things because parents can only teach you so parents and family or guardians can only teach you so much. You need that social environment to learn additional. If you are deprived of that, you don't know what to do and it can mimic some things. And there are probably not that many cases to rely on. I, so therefore I can, I'm not a psychologist in any way, shape, or form. I don't play one on TV, though I tend to play one on a podcast. But still, mm -hmm. uh, if I uh, if I am wrong, I'm wrong. There, um, there, and it's a case I think I brought up to you one time because I think you at one point said no one can be bullied into being transgender. And I brought up the right. case of uh, uh, the, the aspect of uh, she's a, I'll, I'll I'll use the term because I don't know her chosen pronouns right now. At the time, she was a YouTuber. I don't know if she still is. Her first name was Milo. I'm not sure what her, her last name is. She was bullied in high school because she had a boyish figure. So the bullies in her school pretty much gaslit her into being transgender. Mm. Which, you know, uh, she had, and she went, she deleted those videos saying, well, the video saying, well, if everybody's saying I'm a boy, in essence, I look like a boy, so therefore I am, does not mean anything. You, It's that environment. So there are probably cases where that has happened. I'm not saying it's a, a large number there's probably a few out there there's probably that small number that we don't have that information right now so right and usually in those situations like before you go through anything you have to be consult a doctor like before you do any per 
you know, permanent changes, you have to consult a doctor. You have to be explained, hey, this is what is permanent. This is what will happen if you do X, Y, and Z. Um, in some cases, in some states, they have you go to a psychologist. And sometimes you got to do that for years before you even get to start anything even like HRT or anything of that nature. Um, and a lot of times, those people get sussed out. Now, there are some people that buck the system and don't follow through. And I hate to phrase it this way, but don't follow through the appropriate or proper channels of transitioning. Um, but the thing of it is, is in order to get hormones, in order to do all of that, you have to go to some medical professional. And despite what media will tell you, they don't just hand that stuff out to anybody. You got to be of age. You got to discuss it with your doctor. They're going to make you do certain things to show that you're living your life as X, Y, and Z, that you're talking to people and that this is how you're associating. And they're going to make sure that you feel comfortable with it 100% before you do it. Now, are there people who don't do that? Oh, yeah. But it's kind of like the argument um, from back in the day that I often hear about regarding like the movie Silence of the Lambs. Well, that character is not trans. The psychologist said they weren't trans. And I said, okay, based on medical understanding of that time. And that is the argument I would even use in that situation. You know, hey, here's somebody who was bullied and pigeonholed into this. But it doesn't mean that they're trans. It just means they need to make coping mechanisms and things of that nature. And you know, it's some other underlying psychosis or psychology underneath of it. But nine times out of 10, those people, unless they buck the system, and there are ways to buck the system, unfortunately, you can get medicines from overseas, you can go to illegal pill companies. Um, there are ways around the system, but those ways are illegal. Yeah. And not to lie to anybody, it's, they're dangerous. What is... To me, what's sad is when you have a few folks that might be along the lines of my, me, per se, that are asking questions and get further details, it is the immediate, oh, you're phobic, you're you're being X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, I'm asking questions. How, mm -hmm. You know, how, how am I being offensive where I'm asking questions to get a better understanding of the situation because it's a case-by-case -case basis. And one of the things I've told people is that uh, on certain aspects is like, well, we've had, let's say, 20, 30 years in regards to a certain uh, certain things. Why haven't it, things have been done now? Right? You, you had that time to do it or have uh, governmental, either state or federal level legislation for it. And it's not been done yet. Why hasn't it done yet? Or the aspect of X, Y, and Z in regards to uh, other things like, well, you do realize both on a state and federal le level, you can see who voted for what. That is public information. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you are an advocate for this and you voted somebody into office that is supposedly your voice, and claimed that was your voice for this product or this issue, 
and they keep voting against it for whatever reason, you have to speak to them or look into the the bill or the legis- legislation in regards to that they voted no on. Because there is not just, oh, this person voted no on this particular issue that helps us because of X, Y, and Z. You do realize that it's bills are not just when they they're introduced either on a state or federal level they're not they're not paper they're not pamphlet thin they're they are like the size of a novel if not thicker and it's not just like one little line for a bill these are like massive things that have a lot of lots of stuff mixed into it and if that person that voted no said hey i'm voting no because this is uh, let's say every three weeks we get to kill, we get to kick a puppy, you know, or kick a dog, and they or along those lines, they're saying that's the reason why we're saying no. And a lot of these bills are are made to like that, made like that. They'll put something in that give that senator a reason to vote either yes or no, and if they vote one way or another, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't. And it's 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 stupid. And a lot of folks don't want to say it. And yes, it's 2024, folks. And we are going to probably be talking about election stuff sometime this year. So anyway, yeah. And like what we were just talking about, like when it comes to a lot of things, um, I always like to and you know create an analogy towards like media and things of that nature. Um. You've ever seen the uh, King of the Hill episode of Spin the Choice? I might have. It's like a Thanksgiving remember. episode. Okay, where it's the one where John Redcorn's trying to bond with Joseph and he keeps getting shut down because Nancy's trying to live the straight and narrow life with Dale now. Um, even though Joseph is clearly his child. And apparently he winds up talking to Bobby instead. And so Bobby is anti-Thanksgiving, you know. Because of everything that's oh, happened yeah. to the Native Americans. And they get that. to this whole thing about his culture being like cannibalistic, like four or five, you know, four to 700 years ago. And um, there is this argument in the car between Bobby and Hank over cannibalism. And it's just funny because, like, you know, Hank is essentially saying, look, cannibalism is wrong obviously you, know, you don't want to go out and eat another person <laughs> and bobby's like well you're not supposed to be so judgmental of it but it's like cannibalism is still wrong you know what i mean right. <laughs> no matter how you slice it and i think people should really watch that because that episode kind of shows you how people can compromise and everybody can both agree okay yeah i don't want to be eaten so on some level cannibalism's wrong and that, but I can understand, like, not, you know, implementing some people's cultures. And it it, it makes things interesting. It, it's a, just a great way of showing you compromise and how to deal with those situations. Because some people will out there will argue with you all day long, long that something wrong is right. But sometimes you just got to find that common ground and go, yeah, but here's why this is wrong. And then you guys got to find that middle ground, you know, without bringing in beliefs 
religions, political stances. And I think that's what you and I pretty much do whenever we have a difference of opinion. You know, right. we we go, okay, well, think of it from this scientific aspect. On a scientific level, this person is not trans, but we also admit that science in the past has been wrong. Right. But keep in mind, you know, if you're doing things appropriately with transition, this is what the law is covering. You know, this is what the law is saying. You got to be 18. You got to see a doctor. You got to live your life without HRT for X period of time. You know, and a lot of people don't see that. A lot of people just go, they're trying to trans the kids. No, they're just letting the kids express their gender uh, gender identity, making sure that they're comfortable with it. They're not making permanent changes. These are things that the kids can back out of before they finally hop on the bandwagon for surgery, you know, or hormones later in life. And that's the smart way of handling. And one of the things that I usually concede on in regards to my end is that the the media is completely fucked up because you'll yeah, hear because so the, uh, the, the media the media is biased on, on all sides on all sides um, because yes, for every, exactly for every one that is honestly on I'll say that that tale comes out is honestly on Sasha's side that you, a teacher, a parent that wants to actually help their kid come uh, grow and uh, be an, I, I don't, an honest member of the LGBTQIA plus community. Uh, you have one on the other side of like a student that goes to class, wants to learn math or history, and the teacher wants to push an, an agenda. And all they want to do is learn math or history or X, Y, and Z. Like I came, to, it was like I came to school to learn this, and the teacher is pushing this. I don't want to learn about that. If I want to know about that, I will, I will ask somebody outside of school to learn about that. Not while I'm in this class to learn math. I want to learn math, not exactly. And at the end of the day, you know, as I I like to explain to people, you know, like media, don't get me wrong, not to say that there wasn't some biasness, like especially during the Cold War era, you're a communist, no, you're a communist. Um, But let's go back 60, 70 years, maybe even 80. Um, And even then there was still some biases out there. But the news was kind of like... that one detective on Dragnet would always say just the facts. Right. You know, that's what how the news was. And there was opinion pieces, but they were clearly labeled opinion piece. And they might have been an article about a news event, but it was disclaimed opinion piece. And the problem of it was is, is that back in the day, journalists controlled the politicians because – when a politi- uh, when a journalist reported on a politician, it was just the facts. It wasn't the journalist's feelings. It wasn't the politician's feelings. It was just the raw, down and dirty facts. This, 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 and this. But as a society, we've kind of become quite egotistical creatures, and we can't just 
separate our opinions from the fact for whatever reason that is, you know, and that's why, like, even in science nowadays, we have what's known as, um, oh, I'm trying to think what it is. There's a term for it. Um, something bias. Right. It's but so they'll create a, a, a yes. And they'll create like a theory or something of that nature. And they'll have a bias toward that one outcome. And they will only observe the facts that support that outcome. But they will disregard the facts that support the converse and that's the problem because they're inserting too much ego into it nowadays and i i think you know that's the biggest problem with anything in media is you've got to pull the facts out of it you know when it comes to listening to things what are the facts x x x x and x you know and what are they clearly stipulating and those are the things that you need to pay attention to. You know, um, a lot of people don't. A lot of people go with their feelings and their gut reaction. And don't get me wrong, in a survival instinct, go with your gut reaction. But when it comes to reading the news or making major life decisions, look at the facts. Weigh out the pros and the cons. You know, and yeah. it... it it's the same way with transition. Like when you sit down and tell somebody like, look, this is how I feel. This is what's going on. If you're with the right doctor or psychologist, okay, let's discuss the pros and the cons. And they don't try to push on you what they think the pros and cons are. They let you tell them the pros and cons from your perspective. Right. And I think that's a well, better way of doing it. Um, same way with the I don't mean to. Yeah. Uh, we can same way with the uh, Yeah. What was I, his I name? Um, what was his name in freaking philosophy? Um, oh. Bill and Ted constantly make jokes about him. Um, in the Bill and Ted movies. Socrates. I know Socrates. Socrates. The, the, the Socratic method. Like when it comes to debates, you need to have the Socratic method. Like, if you have one side of a thing and I have the other side, instead of us arguing our sides, you have to flip the script. I have to argue what you're supporting and you have to argue what I'm supporting. And from that, you'll get better clarity. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but we have a whole mess of other stuff that we need to talk about. I know it... Oh, it, yes, yes. So, but... Uh, so... We'll go into nerd news. Nerds. Nerds. <laughs> but. Yes. So where okay, do you want to start you... with this? Okay, let's start. Where with do the... I want to start? <laughs> uh, let's. No, I didn't say that. So like, let's start with the shortest quickie thing first. Um, Ooh, okay. Let's go with quickie. Uh, let's go with quickie stuff. Uh, first you boys are quickies. Oh yeah, uh, if we don't if we don't have it for a while, we get to be quick. Uh, Matt Pat is one of the newest folks in the ever growing list of folks, in essence, leaving YouTube, in essence, retiring from YouTube. Uh, he came out in a video, uh, I'd say about a, a week or two ago, uh, stating that he is. Handing the channels over 
Uh, if you watch his video in regards to it, he states it's, he's him and his wife are taking on more of an executive role. It sounds like meaning that uh, he's not going to with him ho uh, doing the videos in the process of creating, editing, and that whole aspect. It's leaving him and his wife little time to be with their kids and actually being a family. So he's taking that big step back and probably being more of an executive, it sounds like, in regards to it. And a lot of mm -hmm. creators are currently are currently doing that. It's the burnout. And Matt Pat's been doing that what he's been doing for over 10 years, 10 to 20 years. And he has made his due, he's made his mark, and he's passing the torch to somebody new. Um, as he stated in this video, he is going to have some creative control, but not a whole lot. So, and he said, I think he stated in this video that he is going to, uh, every now and again, probably hop you know, on and do a video, but he's taking that aspect of he's taking more of a time off regards, kind of like what I did before our collab, you know, it's like, I'm just going to do it when I, if I want to talk about something, rant something, I'm going to turn on the mics and record something and post it up. Uh, he's going to have that kind of role. So he has more time to be a, a father, a husband and enjoy life. So there's that. Yeah. And he's, Sounds like so. he's taking more of a producer role, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he did have a kid during his course on YouTube, and he's made a lot of content. Um, now, I'm not going to say that we might not get another cameo from him in the next uh, Five Nights at right. Freddy's. Or if Scott drops a bunch of new lore or a new game, Scott Coffin, you know he's going to rear his head and 10 cents in it. It might not be a long video. Somebody else might be editing it and taking care of it, but he'll still make sure his opinion is heard. But he's, you know, stepping back, you know, letting the channel do its own thing. And if he does come back, you know, those episodes are going to be even more special because there'll be something that means something to him. Um, but no, he doesn't. He doesn't want to pass the time whiling away on YouTube when he's got kids. Totally understand. And the other quickie thing is that uh, the, I want to say the voice actor guild, but uh, the acting, uh, it came out in regards to the actors union uh, has pretty much struck a deal for to use AI. At, this is after their whole aspect of we don't want AI in our, you know, taking over our roles and all that. They struck a deal to use AI voices for video games. Now, a lot of voice actors do video games. So it's taking work away from them. And a lot of actors are pissed uh, in regards to it. And let's see, do I have a... Uh, article in regards to it because that's that uh i know i had an article too about it that's later on yeah let's see here name change that's still later but probably up next that's why did it have to be so far back i thought you did the outline 
I, I did do out the outline. I had articles in regards to it. It's just uh, finding the article on the uh, web aspect. Uh, Actors Union announces deal for AI voice acting in video games. Uh, you know, just that a lot of there is drama over it. Uh, let's see. I think it. One person has been quoted. I think it's really important about this agreement: the fact that it provides protection for all performers at all levels of the industry, and the fact that a lot of times performers who may not be famous names really need that protection even more because the bargaining leverage to negotiate those kinds of individual individuality isn't great. As uh, for voices of the performers who are no longer a lot, this ties in what um, I could talk about. We could go into uh, next. It they are they want protection that if somebody passed away in regards to that they don't want an AI to take over their uh that role. Um mm -hmm. and that whole ordeal. Uh and some people like, well, we if the let's say the aspect of um I hate in regards to Borderlands, the there was issues with the original voice actor with Claptrap. Uh, and Randy Pitchford. Uh, so they fired him. And they can now say, hey, because he was a nuisance anyway, let's bring in AI to do it. And we don't have to hire anybody else. We can, in essence, use the same same voice and we don't have to pay that guy anymore. Which kind of in turns brings me the whole aspect of the next I know it's it's a weird and touchy ordeal, but a it leads in. So I'm combining two topics at once. Uh, a podcast known as Dudesy put an hour long audio episode featuring an AI impersonation of George Carlin, and so uh, from mm. what the the folks said, the uh, gave the AI uh, sources like his stand-up, his interviews, and created this stand-up, had the AI use that as a basis for this uh, AI stand-up routine. And uh, when it came out, there was a big hubbub over it, and George Carlin's daughter uh, tweeted out, and this is pretty much what she said. My dad spent a lifetime perfecting his craft from his very human life, brain, and imagination. No machine will ever replace his genius. These AI-generated products are never attempts at trying to recreate a mind that will never exist again. Let's let the artist's work speak for itself. Humans are so afraid of the void that we can't let what has fallen into it stay there. Here's an idea. How about we give some actual living human comedians a listen to? But if you want to listen to the genuine George Carlin, he has 14 specials that you could find anywhere. Thank you for supporting regarding... Thank you for all your support regarding this AI bot, meaning her, her response. That you can find... Um, that has arrogantly stepped over a line in the world of comedy today that will surely affect dead artists and their estates now. Hey, Zelda, and she 
um, tagged uh, Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda, um, I guess Joan Rivers' um, son, Mel Rivers. Uh, she also chair, uh, tagged Gary Shandling, saying that um, they, we should all talk. They're coming for you next, meaning that, hey, these folks are now no longer living. They can just easily use you for whatever they want and to say it's the gen it's you get to have in essence member berries it's it's like it's their way of trying to cross that line to see if it granted it was done for entertainment by a podcast where does it lead where does it lead will places like warner brothers disney nickelodeon cross that line to use people that are no longer with us and say here's their work that have a large catalog like George Carlin, Robin Williams, Gary Sandling, whomever, Joan Rivers, to have that new voice once everybody has forgotten about these artists. I guess this is the question. It's it's something to look into and discuss. Honestly, it is an issue. And there's a lot of new... I mean, out- right now... I mean, you you have likeness rights that are covering a lot of these people because it's still within. I can't remember how long copyright exists. I'd have to look into it. But those people do have likeness rights. Yep, and a lot of these people passed recently. Um. So again, like they have to go to the families. They have to go to the estates. Those people are going to get paid, even if they use an AI to digitally recreate a person or their voice. Those estates still need to be funded, and those estates still need to be consulted. And if those estates say, nah, you know, you guys guys, uh, can't use them, then recast or do what you have to. You know, kind of like the gentleman who died in um, the whole Ashoka during the production of Ashoka, one of the main villains. Um, Obviously, it's going to be real interesting to see what they do with the next season of Ashoka because he's not going to be in it. The one evil Jedi with the the beard and whatever who was the Punisher that one time. Yeah, he's deceased. And so I'm curious what they're going to do. Can it be recast? Yeah, most likely. But it, even then, aspect, you know, to a degree. What I see the point yeah. in regards to what um, George Carlin's daughter was saying is that let's take Aladdin. Uh, everybody remembers that animated movie with Robin Williams. And it's the question of what's stopping, yeah, them saying uh, if Zelda came, Zelda Williams came and was like, hey, I don't want you using my dad's work. I don't want you using my dad's voice. And Disney saying, you know what? This version of Aladdin is our property. Therefore, his voice in this project is our property. We are going to use an AI version of his voice to create a new animated movie or series. And if you dare right. fight us, we will we will bring you to court. And once you run out of money, we win. They we would have still more- have to pay residuals and royalties for that based on the current legal system and then secondly for any new or anything dialogue they would have to prove that the ai did not crib that from any other bits of work 
that Robin Williams did that was non-Disney because a lot of modern AI is not generating that normally. It's going through that person's catalog and history of work and finding similar things. And if that coding is bringing up, let's say, dialogue from Popeye from 1976 or 77, then Disney has no right because if that code is proven to be cribbing from other work that's not isolated to the work that Robin did to Disney, then they would be legally at fault. And right now with modern AI, it's cribbing work from other sources. It's not that creative yet. Read the script for Brightburn number two, and you'll see how uncreative that system is. I guess right now it's a lot of folks like we need to nip this in the bud now and make sure it's not doing that. And it's, it's something that everybody has to keep an eye on for right now to make sure the legalities are there to prevent it from ever happening or make sure it who, what, when, where, how, and why, and make sure everybody gets what they deserve in regards to it. And it's not circumvented in any way, shape, or form. Like that if it's 50 years from now, where let's say uh Zelda is uh, Zelda Williams is no longer counted amongst the living. Um, but I, I I don't it sounds like I'm threatening her, but I'm not. I, I hope she has a long, wonderful life. But it's the aspect of once she passes away and her her kids are growing up. Wants to say, hey, uh, Zelda's no longer uh, amongst uh, Disney going, no, see, what do her kids care? You know, what would her kids have to say? And it, it, those those laws, those regulations and everything have to be put in now for protection later. But those kids would still get kids. residuals because uh, they're still that, in the state and the family. The, it, and that would be my thing, point. Yeah. Um, and secure to make sure they, they still do instead of placing laws that they do not in some way, shape, or form. Right. Because like right now, I think the laws are sufficient the way that they are. It's just making sure that everybody's following the letter. And if something is digitally creative, people need to be going into that source code to make sure it's not cribbing from other sources. And I'm going to tell you now, most AI does. Um, trust me, we're, we're not to James Cameron level AI taking over the world. And even that was a ripoff. <laughs> of a Twilight kind of, Zone episode, no less. Yeah. And to continue to, uh, go into a topic that, uh, both, I think Sasha might know a little bit more than I do, but, uh, to go in a little bit more neutral territory uh ghostbusters afterlife sequel um we've both seen a lot of stuff being handed out uh you mentioned one a little bit earlier in regards to j michael straczynski but uh the two things that i uh will get into that in a moment uh one of the things that came across my desk is that uh the the sequel has been pushed back seven days it's going to be re released on March March twenty second uh, this year. So it it's instead of the 29th, it's going to be the twenty second. So good chance by the time that hits, uh, give us uh, here at the show a 
what uh maybe a week or so before we talk about it yeah something like that at the very least you know me i'm gonna go opening weekend i'll probably see it that saturday before work go a little bit early go up that way a little bit early so i could see it especially if i uh, got paid that day or the day before wandering and go see it um yeah, I, th I think we're either hitting uh alamo or warehouse to go see it so if we happen to be in your neck in the woods, we might just kidnap you and take you along. So either way, depending on the day. So uh, the other thing is... Uh, you know why they're avoiding the 29th, right? What? You know why they're avoiding the 29th, right? Why? What's happening on the 29th? Uh, they've got a pretty stacked catalog of films coming out the 29th. Uh, you've got the new Godzilla movie, Godzilla vs. Kong and the New Empire. That's dropping on the 29th of this year. Imaginary's dropping, which is that new horror film about killer imaginary friends. Dune Part 2. Um, I'm not going to say the complete name of this society, um, but it's uh, the American Society of... And we'll leave it at that. You can... Uh, You'll be able to see that movie. Um, and I think Kung Fu Panda 4 is dropping that week as well, too. So you've got a stacked weekend. So I can understand why Ghostbusters was like, nah, we're going to come out a week earlier. So we're so not, it doesn't competing. Get not yeah. so much competing. So it doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Yes. Because that is a stacked deck. But no, Spring is pretty good. I think uh, if the... Uh, SAG and Rider Strike didn't happen. It would be more stat. The schedule would be a little bit more staggered out for that week. So, mm -hmm. the other little bit that came across my desk, I'm sure you've seen it as well. I know you didn't want any spoilers, but no spoilers. Uh, one of the, um, some some of the reports are saying that uh, uh, there's a chance that. Because none of us have seen the movie yet. We don't know. There may be a chance that uh, Janine may be a full-fledged Ghostbuster herself. And I've already seen the Empire pictures. Um, she is. She's fully suited. Um, because based on the new paranormal threat that they'll be facing, it's all hands on deck. Including the surviving cast members of the original films. As well as the new cast members. As well as the new um, tech league of the Ghostbusters franchise will all be suited up and facing the new threat. It's not like she wasn't a Ghostbuster as it was. I think there was a an episode or two of the original Ghostbusters where she was suited up to be a Ghostbuster as well. But we don't count those. Remember, we're going to get right. <laughs> we're going to get the right, right. right. And not only that, she's not rocking the pack in those photos. She gets to carry around new bits of the kit. Um, what um, the actress had said about that is that she kind of lucked out that she was able to get um, some new gear for the movie. Because, dear God, those packs are heavy. And thank God I didn't have to wear one. And she's, She seems like... I'm nothing against um, the actress who plays plays Janine, but she's always seemed like a very small and petite woman upon herself. And Oh, even the kids said the packs were not light. 
in the new movie. Um, they do have stunt packs, but those stunt packs only reduce like the weight by about 20 pounds. You're still lugging anywhere from 50 to 60 pounds on your back. And yeah, they, they aren't light. And there's the also the aspect of what um Jane Michael Straczynski has stated because they I think um what the article mentioned that uh they were trying to pull up uh something unique and different for this movie as the main villain and JMS had to uh pipe in and it's like, yeah, I guess who wrote most of the cartoons out there that constantly had weird and unique uh villains to use. And yeah, because it was pretty much one of the producers came forward and said that they actually cribbed a lot of ideas from the real Ghostbusters cartoon, as well as extreme Ghostbusters. And of course, J. Michael at that point, you know, y'all could have consulted me and gave me a script writing credit. So I, I can understand why he's upset. <laughs> right. He's like, guess who has two thumbs and uh, wrote a good chunk of those episodes? This guy. Um, so I can understand. And Jamma said, a lot of folks tend to forget he has written a lot of cartoon shows out there, including, you know, uh, Real Ghostbusters. Jason the Wheeled Warriors. A lot of stuff. He he has his own... He knows... JMS, I've always credited JMS, knows how to do drama and he knows how to mix in the right amount of humor into it. Because if you watch stuff like Babylon 5 or some of stuff that does rely on drama and has that little bit of humor, yeah, he's good at it. He knows how to add a little bit of sugar to help the medicine go down, uh, to coin a and phrase. He helped those kids' cartoons go dark. Like he was responsible for putting Cthulhu in the Ghostbusters universe in a cartoon. He was responsible for putting Hellraiser like creatures in Ghostbusters Extreme because that's how hard he went. <laughs> and, and the thing is, he's done some pretty good... He's put out a bunch of good comics as well. Uh, I'm not mm -hmm. talking just... I'm not talking about the amazing Spider-Man run he had in the early 2000s. Um, I'm talking be the independent stuff that he's put out uh, in the early 2000s. I mean, these were dark stories that were really really done well and folks you know if you could find them see you know i'm sure if you uh, pulled up his wiki page you'd find a whole mess of credits that he's done check out what he's done uh, oh and um, check out jason the wheeled warriors that that stuff <laughs> is crazy and he had very little to work with for creating a series for that that stuff is nuts but no like the new ghostbusters film at least based on the stuff I've seen in Empire, it looks promising. I'm kind of hyped to see that they took the trap to the next level. Um, that kind of got spoiled for me going down the toy aisle recently because they have the new uh, Ecto-1 out in the toy aisle. And there is... Because in the most... In Afterlife, we got the um, RTV, the remote-controlled trap. Right. Um, now we have the drone trap. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> so it's a drone. I'll I'll, I'll I'll say this in regards to um uh J M Michael Straczynski. Um, uh, a lot of folks um he got. I'll say this. I'm in the camp that he got gypped over um DS9 because Paramount. A lot of people believe that 
Paramount took his idea for Babylon 5 and twisted it into DS9. And he didn't say anything because at the time, pretty much as the story states that he wanted to keep his career, you know, good relations in Hollywood and have his career continue. But it created that um, almost Star Trek versus Star Wars a vibe between DS9 and Babylon 5 because they were airing at the same time. Um, which is good. That type of competition is good amongst the fans because it shows, uh, shines light on both episodes in a little bit. But I'd say he's worth, he's, in this case, him calling out the ghost, uh, the writers of the Ghostbusters or the people putting out Ghostbusters a little bit in regards to this and the lighthearted jab. I think he's deserved it by now. He's deserved it after all oh, these yeah. years. So, it's like he, he didn't say anything about DS9 all those years ago. Let him say something about Ghostbusters. Go ahead. It's not going to hurt. Maybe if they no, do uh, if they do uh, a third, another sequel, maybe they consult JMS on it. Who knows? Maybe they'll talk to him about it. Hopefully. Now, Hopefully, you know. Uh, I maybe finally give us a, maybe give us a, a bit of um, Sam Hain, or as it's appropriately announced for our friends in the Wishcraft, Saw Wayne, but in the show it was always Sam Hain. Uh, maybe give us Sam Hain as a villain for the next film. And I would love what? to see his pumpkin head translated. <laughs> Folks, you know what I'm also stoked about that hit across our feed? Uh, I think it hit across uh, Sasha's feed as well. Is the upcoming potential Blob reboot. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, put out the reason why I'm a little bit stoked for it because the, uh, the rumor has it the person behind this reboot is the same person that did the Hellraiser reboot for Hulu. And considering I think that person did a real good job on that that particular the Hellraiser reboot, I would like to see what this person does for the blob. Uh, I'm interested in it. I want to see I'm stoked to see what he has uh I is the person that he that did the Hellraiser um reboot. Isn't that Jerry Bruckner? Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, so it, I'm, I'm stoked because I, like I've been on record several times on my end of things that, Hey, you know, it, he did a good job. I enjoyed what he did. I, everybody had big shoes to fill for the Hellraiser, uh, for it, um, are granted the blob shoes are slightly smaller, but I, I am it's one of those instances where if a director producer has done good work in the past, you can almost guarantee that they can do good work in the future. So I'm excited. If this goes through, I'm excited to see what they, they've, they have planned to do. And um, of course, I'm going to wait for the trailers, more information and possibly set photos to come out once things progress to that level. So, yep. And, and the thing that's interesting is, is that this isn't the first attempt to try to remake the Blob thus far. Oh no! Oh um, no! They, no, no. there was an attempt back in uh, two thousand nine, 
that Rob Zombie was going to remake it. Um, he went very H.P. Lovecraft with his ideas. Um, and he would have like um, like blob-like possessed creatures and people roaming around, which seemed like an interesting concept and a new take um, on it. I probably um, would have seen it, but yeah, you know, it robs zombie it, for me in regards to his movies. It, it are it's pretty much hit or miss in regards to it. So I probably would have seen it, but I would have walked in with extreme skepticism in regards to it. With then Simon West was um set to take over from Rob Zombie, and that was in 2015. Um, and then a Robert Saperstein and Brian Ritten went to take over um, with, of course, Jack H. Harris um, as an executive producer. But Harris died in 2017, which kind of put the kibosh on everything from 2015. Um, but now we're getting the update that we're finally getting yet another remake from Bruckner. Um, Bruckner's pretty well known for like action films. And it could be interesting because a lot of people forget like the 1988 blob and it's a pretty powerful movie. Um, it gets dark. It takes the concept from the blob of 58, but it does something wholly original. Um, when you first start watching it, you're like, oh, this is going to be a straightforward remake. It's not. It goes hard. And um, I'm hoping... You know, that maybe this time they, they bring the creature back to PA where it belongs because that's where it came from. Um, Got to have the, the hometown monster back in the hometown, of course. Of course. And, let's see. and kind of like uh, before we almost go into it, it's the whole aspect that you brought it to my attention. And I want to bring up the article for it. So there we go. Um it's the whole aspect of Noah Hawley, Hawley uh, explaining why he thinks, or he or she, I'm not sure. Um, either way, Noah thinking that Prometheus and uh, the other Alien sequel is no longer, isn't useful for his Alien prequel. Um, well, he's doing a TV show. Yeah. And it's going to be set between Alien or before Alien, but he's cribbing a lot of his vibe from Alien Aliens. And he's like, yeah, I'd rather retcon this all out. And I'm like, yes, please, dear yeah. freaking God, about time. And I think Disney is on the same page because they're looking back going, hmm, the robot David really kind of fucks us on trying to do AVP eventually. You know, yeah. and that's why they kind of brought Predator 2 back into canon because Predator 2 suggests that the aliens existed long before David did, which excites me. But of course, the first alien movie says that the crashed ship with the fossilized remains in it are already several thousand years old. So that should predate David anyways. But, you know, some movies play fast and loose with their canon. Yeah, the thing is... uh the main reason I think uh, who, the person behind uh, Prometheus and uh, the other uh, Covenant was Ridley Scott, right? Yeah, and Ridley Scott was just yeah. the director of Alien. Yeah, the, and the um, thing is, he want, he did those movies because he wanted to do his vision in regards to uh, the, the sequels and all that and kind of 
uh, bring everything in. It's like, even you said, it's like the fossilized uh, uh, person in the original movie uh, is several thousand years old, and you just retconned yourself in regards to this. And it's just like, and what you created with Prometheus, Prometheus and the Covenant you yeah you fucked everything over and everybody i think a lot of folks that watched prometheus and covenant were like yeah these movies are okay but in the grand scheme of things the fuck it's like what are you doing why are you trying to do this you know you, you we already had a good series and you're just dragging it down right now, and you know, so and uh, the problem with Ridley Scott is, is of course, he's whipping his dick around. I'm a big name Oscar winning director. It's like, dude, you, you're literally trying to make a sequel to Gladiator. It's not going to work. Right. But. And that being said, <laughs> Gladiator never needed a sequel to begin with. Yeah, but his sequel's based in space. Oh, read dear God. The, read the script. But, and it's out there on the internet for anybody who wants to find it. Um, but. At the end of the day, the script concept for Alien was written by Dan O'Bannon. And Ridley Scott didn't start throwing his weight around until after Dan O'Bannon had passed. And again, this is the hill I'm going to die on, but Dan O'Bannon himself is said Alien is a remake. I, you know, Dan O'Bannon said he largely cribbed from it, the terror beyond space, to create the movie. And his one big creative mark was because he never gendered any of the characters in the original script. He just put a little side note. Any one of these characters could be female. And to me, that's that's who the real creator is. Not the guy who directed it and shot it, but the guy who wrote it. Right. It, it, yeah, it, like I said, it, or alluded to, this really caught just wanting, wanting to be like an act like a five-year-old child and just, you know, create a hissy fit and they just gave him a bunch of money in regards to uh creating something new oh aliens makes a lot of money let's create these give ridley scott more there would be no top gun 2 and this is gonna make me sound terrible but makes ridley scott sound worse if ridley's brother didn't die by committing suicide and ridley uh, was able to retain rights to Top Gun. That's why we got a sequel so late. Because his brother never intended to make a sequel. But Ridley's like, oh, my brother's dead. I got a paycheck here. I'm glad that people are cleaning house of a lot of what Ridley did to the franchise. And this is for the TV show, not to be confused for the upcoming movie Romulus, which is directed by the guy who... um did uh hills have eyes hills have eyes too and um p2 and that sounds like it's going to be more along the lines of the original movie but set 70 years before alien so we may finally be getting some connective tissue in some of these movies but from the way disney and hulu's acting even when it comes to romulus which is separate from the tv show that noah holloway is doing um they they are basically scrubbing out Prometheus as well as Covenant and potentially Alien 3 
and of course resurrection which again to me doesn't really hurt my feelings even though i think three does cap the trilogy off but i prefer the director's cut of that yeah uh, uh... Other than go me going into a rant or to close up the show, did you have anything in regards to talk about? Uh, yeah, just one last little line item. Um, I've been browsing across streaming for stuff to find, and I saw it was heavily advertised, so me and Al checked it out this past weekend. Um, don't worry, darling. Oh, dear God. I have never been more angry at a movie. Like, you get a chance to watch it, Chris. Watch it, but don't pay for it. If you need to borrow my HBO, let me know. I can make sure you can get it. But, oh, dear God, it is bad. <laughs> like, I guess the plot in five seconds, and the ending is left so ambiguous, ambiguous that, um, yeah, it just is infuriating. And then there's things that are just not explained in the context of the film. I had to watch it again recently to see if I missed anything. And it's like, but you have such great actors and actresses in it. Um, so don't watch it unless you're watching it ironically. <laughs> and that's what I, I have, have to, to there, There's some other stuff I want to check out. I might have to borrow your, your Max account anyway. So to at least that, save some money. Check that out. I'll, I'll get you the login and stuff, and and then watch it and see if you're on the same page as me. It's it it it's. I have not watched a movie that has made my blood boil to the point that I had to watch it again to see if I missed something. I didn't miss anything. They they just forgot plot lines and then just ended the movie. Yeah, here's where we're ending it. Bye. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> yeah. Now, uh... Don't check it out. <laughs> My last uh, uh, line item in regards to it is me on a slight tangent. Uh, I think by now, I don't know if you knew or not, I have a slight uh, Dan Noakes opinion. Uh, and Dan, if you listen, I say that with all love um, for the gentleman uh, in regards to when it comes to Awesome Con. Uh, <laughs> uh, I say it because uh, Dan Noakes has this, uh, what, New York Comic Con or something like that. He applies every year and he does he gets denied um, or something like that. Uh, I have the same mentality when it comes to Awesome Con. Uh, it's, awesome Con is a money con, pure and foremost. Uh, there is no community love. There is nothing like that. Uh, to put it like this, for me to apply for any type of pass for Awesome Con, I'll never get uh, when compared to like, if I went, if I had the money to do it and the ability to do it, I'd have an easier time getting a press pass for Otacon again this year than I would awesome con ever. Uh, because uh, when I asked the Otacon folks, they're like, yeah, we're, we're community all levels, no matter what the only um, requirements that we ask is that you actually put out content regards to Otacon that your coverage of it. And you are your show, whether it be YouTube or audio podcast, is at least two years old. Mm. Here's the requirements for uh, Awesome Con's influencer pass. And though low, but for a lot of smaller creators, it's 
high. Um, and you get two passes for it. Now, here's where it says uh, perks with your influencer badge. Uh, you get two bet. You get um, two complimentary influencer badges. One for you. One for an uh, an assistant. In essence, let's say you wanted to go. I get to claim that you're my assistant, or you know, but it'll be under my name or the show's long coat mafia name. Um, I'm not knocking you at all, Sasha, in regards to that. No, 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 that's um, fine. Uh. It says the perks for your influencer badge. Uh, approval includes admission to all three days uh, and a promo code to share with your followers. The influencer will receive $5 for each code redeemed. Uh, applies to three-day badges, premium badge, and club awesome only. Uh, additional opportunities with AwesomeCon is hosting, guesting at, at, at after parties, Participating in TikToks with AwesomeCon marketing team, social media collaboration posts, social media takeovers, and more. This is that I did that with Autocon in regards to stuff. Uh, one person was waiting on uh, any openings with uh, any of the interviews because she got in at the last minute. I said, hey, listen, tag team with collab with me. You get what you want. I get what, what I want. It's a win-win. It, that's what you should be doing anyway Anyway, as a podcaster or a YouTuber, no matter what. It's collabing. Um, but here's the... Uh, it says, before you apply, please understand, there are requirements to apply. Here's their level. It says, you must create... I, I like this, and I agree with... Um, kind of, sort of. Uh, you must create content that is relevant relevant to the pop culture industry, including, but not limited to comics, TV, movies, anime, books, video gaming, tabletop, cosplay, toys, collectibles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is what we do anyway on the show. And there are requirements in order to qualify besides that is that you have to have minimum. Meet one or more of the minimum follower subscriber counts on Instagram, 10,000 followers, TikTok, 50,000 followers, Twitter, 10,000 followers, YouTube, 5,000 followers. Note: we will also be taking your level of engagement into consideration, meaning they want all your metrics for that. If you're not getting, if you have 10,000 followers and only you uh, 20 or 30 people are seeing your posts, they're not going to do anything. Especially, I'll say this, nowadays on YouTube, engagement and all that keeps going. You could have, let's say, um, the standard metric is if you have like a 1,000 followers, you're going to get at minimum sometimes 10% of that. So you're going to bet maybe about 100 views out of everything. And now it's going down to 50 and depending on who you talk to, a lot of the folks that are talking about, they've seen that metric go down from 10% to 5% and keeps going lower. So they're saying they could look, uh, Awesome Gun could look at this and go, hey, we don't want to uh, do it because your metrics are, are going down, yet it's the algorithm doing that. Um, says, uh, it's just weird. In regards to it, uh, 
Yeah, oh, he's no longer mad about Awesome Con. He, he's got a full-on murder boner for MAGFest now, because apparently okay. they have the most condescending rejection notices he's ever received in 21 years on the circuit. They can go fuck themselves. So I would but, love to see this rejection notice. I really would. We should see if we can get Dan on sometime to talk with us. <laughs> it says, uh, but regards to a lot of the stuff is... Uh, other rules is standard. It says your influencer badge allows complimentary access during all public hours. Uh, does not allow early access or special access. Doesn't allow you to cut lines. Doesn't guarantee you seats. Doesn't guarantee you, guarantee you autographs or free autographs from, from guests. That That's standard. Uh, even uh, Otacon has that type of ordeal. Uh, they're not transferable, meaning that if I get it, I can't pass it to you. Uh, I can't loan it or sell it to you or anyone. Uh, doesn't guarantee interviews. Uh, you must allow agree uh, agree for them to repost. Yes, Otacon uh, uh, has that same type of ordeal. Uh, you must agree to allow left field media to repost, repost, and create new user generated content. I don't really like that because it's my stuff. But I understand Otacon has the same usual stuff that they're going to take. If we say, hey, look, Colt Mafia is going to be at Otacon this year, at Awesome Con, if we were able to qualify, they have the right to use that. Hey, Long Coat Mafia is going to be here. Um, usual stuff. And it says, uh, Long Coat Left Field Media will never use your post to bring attention to anything negative or controversial as we do not glorify or highlight things of this nature on our channels but good chance that if someone that was gaining instant popularity or just a big name with low follower account uh did let in meaning if it was a logan a logan paul that only had maybe under a thousand subscribers they'd let in because oh he's growing awfully fast shit like that well they'll find something to uh kick you out and, and, and that's the thing like I, that that's why i like the local con circuit screw screw these big cons and like some of the tickets for these big cons are ridiculous i can only imagine what a table would cost me if if you approved my application and i'd be surprised if they don't charge an application fee so they could send you a rejection letter because there's some cons that do that it, um, it's it's why i it's nuts they, they allowed us to get, uh, I'll say this, they allowed uh, at least me to get away with so much uh, is for state uh, to do, to try new things within reason, uh, to be polite, to ask politely. Um, so it, for them, it's like why I give a lot of love to for state comic con it, the you, me, uh, we've gotten away with what so much shit. Um, but we, we've done it very pro professionally. Uh, they know us, they know what we're going to do. The, we haven't really approached that line that like, dude, you guys got to get out, you know, <laughs> you're causing a ruckus, but hopefully when they, uh, have everything this April, uh, March, April, I'll get a chance to go. There's at least one person I want to see, but. I'll yeah, probably it is. It, so, but it is, it is. So, 
Anything well, like else? I said, nope, that should be everything. We got it pretty well we covered. Can... Yeah, that means starting today, I have to find new shit to for us to cover and talk about over for next week. <laughs> so, on my slow days, I'll figure something out and I'll dig up a couple of stuff and put it on the list. And I'm yep, sure you would too. Oh yeah, so, I'll find stuff as as it pops up. You know. So, yep. But anyway, as as I like to say, you know, unpleasant screams. But Chris always has his thing he likes to say. I'm a gamer, and I'm wearing a bikini. I dare you to prove and it. And don't forget, and don't forget to snort your dubby because we didn't mention <laughs> that once during the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, don't forget we have uh, W as our sponsor. Our code is LCM po- LCM Podcast. All the links are in the description where you could find how you can support the channel, uh, including our former co-host, Big Candy. He has his Teespring link there if you want to support uh, friends of the show. He is one of the friends and original creators of the show. Uh, Allison Co- show. And as always, we as much as we would enjoy any any of you in regards to leaving a tip or uh, buying content, let us know. We'll give you a shout on the table on the show. Uh, or you can leave us. Uh, best thing you can do is leave us fan interact uh, listener interaction, whether it be on uh, the Podbean app or through Podbean, Good Pods, or any place else. Uh, if you leave a review, send that. Let us know via email so that way we can cover it on the show and uh, give you guys a shout out. So, because liking, commenting, and subscribing and engaging our posts is just as good, if not better, as than uh, giving us uh, cash. So, we, we appreciate just as much that, if not more. So, again, I'm a gamer and I'm wearing a bikini. If you want me to prove it, you have to support the show. Yep. Peace out and have fun.
And now, the Long Coat Mafia Podcast. It's a Long Coat Mafia Podcast! You screaming up! Welcome back, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this week's main episode for the week with me and Sasha, the Princess of Darkness, in the, well, the Podcast of Darkness reboots, reposts. Well, considering we've kind of moved away from uh, the reposts, post re uh, reboot sort of thing but either way this is normally where I would give any personal updates to anything we talked about uh, or updates I say updates comments smart remarks or any additions on my part but since we covered a lot we don't have anything now we're currently planning for next week's episode but if you want to engage with us like we keep promoting in each and every show you're more than welcome to do that if you're especially if you're listening to us on podbean which is by far our largest listenership right now but uh, feel free to always engage with us uh, like the episode uh, comment there uh, like I said or both and Sasha agreed uh, we will have a section in the show well, where we will read your comments and your emails. Uh, the email you could send your stuff to is longcoatmafia at gmail.com. Uh, the other great place that you could leave comments is Good Pods. And the reason why I'm promoting Podbean and Good Pods more so than any other outlet like Spotify or. Uh, Apple Podcasts, but if you want to listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you're more than welcome to do so, but uh, the reason why I'm promoting, again, Podbean, Good Pods, is because uh, I see and I get notified more so about comments and everything else and ratings and likes with those two platforms more so than anything else, and well, (laughs) Google Podcasts as of April after close to eight years, nine years of being in service, they're shuttering doors for, well, something, maybe a bastardized version from YouTube, but who knows what the hell is going to go on uh, in regards to everything like that, but uh, please engage with us, uh, like us, subscribe, uh, if this is your first cut. Co- podcast episode of you listening to us yes it's long we are we do have shorter episodes uh, we but they do get to be a little bit long but i hope you enjoyed it uh please please engage with us uh it's the best way you can support the show like comment subscribe i know i'm sound like a youtuber but uh it's the best way you can but if you want to help us financially to get a new computer new equipment, updated cables, etc., 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 
Uh, all our links are in the description, ranging from our tip jar to uh, Patreon to Amazon wish list. Uh, heck, even we're helping out our former co-host. Um, I don't want to say former because he's always welcome back on. That is Big Candy. He has a t-shirt uh, aspect. It's that money that he gets from all that profit and all everything goes straight to him. It doesn't go to us. It helps him out. So, uh, so if you want to buy merch for, I won't say for the show, his merch because he's a wonderful artist and all that, you may do so. Uh, what more can I say? Uh, let's see. Promoted everything else. Uh, let me just say this in regards to our tip jar, we do have goals with that. So once we hit certain thresholds, we'll do something for all of you on. YouTube, TikTok, uh, maybe Instagram Reels or something like that, or put something up on Facebook for all you to see. Uh, our social media is in the description down below. We got a Facebook page, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine yards. But uh, we are stubborn, we are vocal, we are everything else. So we've been called a lot of names in the book, and we're not scared of drama. So uh, feel free, again, interact with us, and I'll see you. Once again, on Lost Media Mondays, which will be a few days away. So, take care, everyone. See you next week. And remember... I'm a gamer. I'm wearing a bikini. See you next time on the Long Coat Mafia.